Happy Holidays! Happy New Year to all our listeners. This is a special release of one of our bonus shows from Patreon. As a special treat, we're taking it from behind the paywall and giving it away to all our listeners as a festive gift. Our Patreon is jam-packed with awesome bonus content just like this. Visit patreon.com slash Marvel vs. Marvel. Be part of the community and get some cool bonus content. Marvel versus Marvel Patreon, the Versaversary special here in the month of April. Happy Versaversary to each and every one of you out there, and happy Versaversary to you, Will. It comes uh, earlier each year. <laughs> have you put up the Versaversary tree? I have. I've put up my. I've put. I've put up my Deus Ex stockings. And did a bearded man give you a kiss in the night? The verse, uh, father versaversary, oh, and he sneaked you. into your bedroom window. I thought you were sneaking into my house again. That's, like, that's a bit of a journey for you, mate. I did cook um, a massive versaversary uh, uh, roast dinner last night as well to celebrate the versaversary. Oh, that's uh, As is traditional round my way. Uh, I had a versaversary chicken. And the versaversary stuffing and roast potatoes and everything. Lovely. And everyone, Very good versaversary gravy this year. Oh, mm. was, were we cooking for other people or just yourself? No, the whole family. Oh, yeah. whole family are there going, for God's sake, Rob, stop calling everything versaversary <laughs> thing. Just call it a chicken. Call it the a se- chicken. The secret to the versaversary gravy is that you use the same water to boil the potatoes, parboil, of course, the parsnips and the carrots. You reuse it, do it in stages, and then you've got some delicious. Delicious, delicious vegetable stock to add to your chicken stock mm. to make your versaversary gravy. Welcome to the show, everyone. <laughs> um, amalgam Comics is what we're dealing with today. Will, you're going to experience a whole new universe, sort of, and some brand new characters, sort of. Sort of. Um, very, very excited. Um, I know you're really interested in this one because oh, yeah. people won't know this ever existed. And it'll never be repeated. You cannot <laughs> buy the comics. They're not in print. They're never going to be reprinted, as far as I'm aware. You can only get these like back issues on eBay and stuff. Um, very, very excited to look into Amalgam Comics, the time when Marvel and DC merged their universes and their characters, their timelines, everything. Um, a, a very, very special time from the 90s. Uh, relates to our Spawn episode as well. There's all sorts to get into. Um, but it's just... it's. I thought... I'd be, I've been wanting to do this since the very since the very starting on Patreon with bonus mm. episodes. In my mind, I always went, that'd be a really good one. Yeah. I'll save it for something. I'll save it for something. And it just felt like... The stars align. I always thought it was going to be when we well, we did it and the very first anniversary, first anniversary. I thought should I do it now, and for some reason we didn't. And the same with the second year, and now the third one, it just aligned as we kind of look at uh, how Marvel and DC answered the uh, the the problem that was Image Comics. Um, very interesting stuff. But what a year! 
we've had on Patreon, Will. What a year. Our third year. I think we really sort of... I mean, we've done great shows in the past. People rave about things like Age of Apocalypse and Onslaught and um, World War Hulk. And they they were. They were really, really great. I think we may have really hit our stride in in this in this last year, our third year, though. Um, when we... What did we... I mean, I'm trying to... Looking back at what we did, we, we looked at the Moon Knight Age of Conscience yes. when the Moon Knight came out. Um, that was a... I think more... We're... we're more focused or more able now. I kind of know how to do a podcast now. I go, oh, there's a new Moon Knight series out. Let's do a Moon Knight episode. Let, uh, there's a new Thor movie out with Jane Foster as Thor. Let's do that yeah, episode yeah. rather than kind of being a bit random. Um, so, yeah, the Jane Foster Goddess of Thunder yeah, episode. That um, was good. It was really, and it's really touching and sad at the end as well. Yeah. I very. mean, intentionally so, because I, I left off some of the happy ending to give us a good end point. Um, <laughs> but yeah. then uh, we did Marvel Zombies for uh, for Halloween. I really enjoyed, I, I enjoyed the, uh, as much as I loved Marvel Zombies, I just loved the setup to that, where it's like, Ultimate mm. Fantastic Four, lol, joke, it's actually a setup to Marvel Zombies. Yeah, well, it was Ultimate Fantastic Four meeting the real Fantastic Four, but yeah. then it wasn't the real Fantastic Four. Yeah, um, I know you you really enjoyed uh, Ultimate Spider Man as well. I still um, think about that panel where he's crying, oh, and it's so like no, sad. no words, nothing, just two people hugging and ones different ones crying. Yeah. yeah, powerful stuff. Yeah, um, we had a sequel to House of M with the Children's mm. Crusade, Wonder and Doctor Doom and all of that business going on, and meeting the sort of Wonder's twin children. Sort of. <laughs> we had our first two-parter in the history of the bonus episodes, Guarding the Galaxy. We had the first part with the kind of the story of Star Lord's team. Um, and then the second part, the Thanos imperative, and Star Lord sacrificing himself to stop Thanos. Yeah, um, we had it, not maybe not the best story, but mm. an important moment in Avengers and Marvel history with the Kree Scroll War, the kind of template that set off all these future cosmic wars. Oh yeah. Um, and then this year we've had Maximum Carnage. Yeah. Um, that got me to play that bloody game. <laughs> <laughs> I've still got the theme tune to it in my head. How's it go again, Will? <laughs> and that is still somehow better quality than video game music was in the 90s. It's um, it, That was the kind of video... That was good for the SNES. I, I can tell you that. <laughs> I, 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 know, I know my onions. We had um, Wakanda Doom War just last month. Oh, wasn't that terrific? Oh, wasn't yeah. that terrific? Really was. That was so good. That was such a good bonus episode. And maybe the highlight of the of the third year, maybe. And everyone's got their own favourites. Ultimate Spider Man's a big one, but maybe the highlight. Quantumania is in the cinemas, and we roll out the Kang Dynasty. We slap it in your face <laughs> like a big pork chop made of We're multiverse. Not gonna... We're not going to wait until the movie comes out. No. We're going to give it to you right now in 2023. Um, that was really fun to do. Um, yeah, that was all that the different. Was so good. Looking at the history of sort of the, the convoluted time traveling history of Kang and all that kind of business, but it's yeah. it's not. I mean, looking ahead at the year to come, and we've got. We'll we'll let you know what next month's going to be at the end of this show. You're not going to want to go anywhere. We've got. 
some fantastic ones. What well, I mean, if I was going to tease, if I'm going to tease anything, here's what I'll do. Mm. Uh, maybe I'll save it to the end of the show. I don't know. Um, we've got some smacking big ones <laughs> to come your way in the fourth year of MVM. We're not flying by the seat of our pants. We are planning these things out. We're not we wearing know pants. Certain... <laughs> We're just flying. It's short season. Oh, right. I, I was UK. talking about the UK pants. <laughs> we've got... We've got... I'll, we've got a um, a brand new Spider-Verse movie coming out. Well, maybe we should look at the sequel to Spider-Verse that's known as Spider-Geddon. Um, we've got Nick Fury, Samuel L. Jackson returning to the role, I think, in July. Mm, maybe we is should it, take a look at The Secret Invasion. I um, can't wait for that. I can't wait for that show. That's going to be so good. And then once we get to uh, Infinity War, around August, it might be time for us to take our first look at the epic Infinity Gauntlet saga that uh, inspired the uh, the very first part of the MCU. Tons to come! Tons to come here uh, on Patreon. So let's, uh, let's dive in then, Will, to Amalgam yeah. Comics... Um, you might be thinking, how is it possible for two these two massive competing companies to go? This is like Coke and Pepsi releasing a new a new soda. This is like McDonald's and Burger King collaborating on a new sandwich. <laughs> uh, it's 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 big. It's really something. Um, really big. It begins in 1995. Hmm. Um, so we're a, a few years now into image comics being a thing. Mm. Um, and we're starting to see, as we talked about, the collapse of this big bubble in in, in um, superhero comics, the kind of the speculator bubble, yeah. where people thought comic books were going to go up and up in value. And so, you know, they sell uh, 2 million copies, they sell 5 million copies, they sell 8 million copies. And then it just... That... that Casual consumer moves on yeah. to the next fad. Um, it it raises me that kind of thinking. It's like, hey, if these numbers continue going up, then they, they will <laughs> never, ever go down. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I don't know where to begin with that kind of thinking. It makes me laugh. So comic book shops that opened up during the bubble, and my mm. town had one, yeah. um, but that might have been mismanagement. He did a flit in the middle of the night, owing money all over town. Ooh, um, did he? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Robot Martians Comic Emporium was the name of the uh, of the shop. We only ever, I mean, it was I lived most of my life in no comic book shop, but then during the boom, mm. we got one, and it was a big space. It was a big proper comic book shop, yeah. and he came and went, and then he was replaced by some of the lads that worked for him. Um, kind of set up their own, including yeah. Phil, who sells me comics to this day. And uh, you know, the, he just about gets by in a tiny little corner of the town in a <laughs> tiny little broom closet shop. Um, I like yes, I like those kind bad. of comic book shop names. Like on The Simpsons, you have Android's Dungeon is the comic mm. book shop. That's such yeah. a great. Oh, I love it. I love it. But as these comic book shops go bust, and as the industry starts to shrink, Marvel and DC are—I mean—they're in trouble, and they're facing mm. competition from Image Comics yeah. with their brand new 
comic book universes. And Valiant Comics are doing the same with superhero universes. Dark Horse um, have launched, have, have gone off from, from doing things like um, the Alien Comics, the Predator Comics, the Robocop Comics, and Sin City oh, um, to doing to doing let's do our own range of superhero or at least dark superhero comics mm. um so the, the the threats are coming from all side from from marvel and so the executive vice president of dc comics which is uh, paul levetz and the president of marvel terry stewart the man who uh, received all those resignations from Image that we looked at in the last episode. They're looking to really try to stimulate sales, and so um, executive editor DC executive editor Mike Carlin and Marvel executive editor Mark Grunwald are basically said, "We want to work together. What can we do to really inject some energy into the marketplace and sell?" a load of comics yeah. what can we do and what carlin and Grunwald came up with was dc versus marvel there we go a crossover event where the dc superheroes and the marvel superheroes are going to not just meet but they're going to fight and there will be winners and there will be losers <laughs> so they they put this event together and it yep. ran in 1996 from April to May 1996. Um, each company gets to publish two issues of the four-issue crossover, so it's equal. So when DC publishes t- um, two issues, it's going to be DC versus Marvel. Mm. And when Marvel publishes the other two, it's going to be Marvel versus DC. Everything right, kept okay. very nice and equal. Um we had like a, a Marvel, sort of a Marvel writer in it. I mean, although all writers and artists are generally they they work for both sides with quite regularity. But mm. there was a Marvel contracted writer in Peter David, who was the architect of some incredible, um, incredible Hulk stories, and a DC contracted writer in Ron Mars, who was um, doing decent stuff, really good stuff on on Green Lantern at the time. Um, with artists by Dan Jurgens and Claudio Castellini. Um, and we get this uh, this DC versus Marvel. And the setup is that, you know, why how why and how would these two things would these <laughs> events happen? In in both universes you have these kind of we call them we might call them the abstracts. Yeah. These beyond gods these universal cosmic entities that represent like marvel has eternity yeah which is the kind of physical personification of everything mm. as well as it has the living tribunal which is this this being that passes judgment on all things gods monsters and humans alike you know mm. so there were two of these cosmic beings that are beyond anything we've ever seen brothers who essentially the personification of the DC universe and the personification of the Marvel universe and they are mirror images of each other and these two like cosmic entities these brothers become aware of each other's existence for the very first time and they are not happy and they go to war and so they challenge each other you know your champions versus my champions Um, the losing universe will be destroyed do you know what this sounds like? This doesn't sound like the start of a comic book run. This sounds like the start of a video game. Like, it sounds more like that. You know, yeah, like, maybe. Like, like, it, like uh, Cat Marvel versus Capcom or something where they've come up with this, not arbitrary, but 
fitting way to find a situation where they would fight each other. And also, it's got to happen from zero, mm. right? It's really... You can't have any plot points to build up to this because yep. you can't talk about it. A Marvel comic can't really talk about a DC comic outside of this crossover yeah. and vice versa. So... You've got to find a way to hit the ground running. We looked at some of this with the, the Justice League Avengers crossover that we we talked about. Yeah, that came that came after this. Right, um, right. This was uh, before, um, and so we're gonna get a proper scrap. So <laughs> half the battles between the superheroes mm. were to be decided by the creative teams. Mm. So the writers and the artists and the editors were able to say, oh, this person is fighting that person. We're going to have to hash it out. We need this person to win. That person's going to win that one. So-and-so could never possibly defeat that person. But then the other half of the battles are going to be decided by a public vote. So the issues of – this is before the internet – 96. Yeah. So issues of DC versus Marvel. I'm I'm what am I? Am I 13 at the time? I mean, honestly, when I look back, I lived in an incredible like considering my it's no wonder my passions to this day are wrestling and comic books because the 90s was this huge explosion of interest and excitement mm. and popularity in both of these things. Um so issues of Marvel versus DC the the, the versus comic book series contained cardboard uh pull-out ballots that you would mark on your ballot who's going to win in this fight. <laughs> um, Batman versus Captain America, who's going to win? Vote, vote now. And you'd you'd put it in a sealed envelope and you'd mail it off to um, whoever was whatever address that was taking them all in. The PO and they'd box. count up count yeah. up the winners, the most votes, and you'll get a proper winner. Um, God. Now I was gut. I, I I'd filled them out. I, I was thirteen, and I I guess I kind of knew that, that, that maybe it was hard to get a letter to America. But my 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 dad had to explain to me. You could put that in the letterbox if you want, but it's not going to America. I've got that song um, in my head now. Um, coming to America. No, no, that's no? Not, who he did five hundred miles. I would walk five hundred miles. <laughs> Right, okay. So not the song that involves the words going to America or America. No, it's like letter from or letter to America or letter from America. Oh right, you that one, okay. You know that one, yeah. Anyway. Um so that's the setup. Um they or they so the the battles the battles are not gonna be like to the death between the superheroes, because there's not gonna be lots of killing. Mm. Um they actually turned, the, the editors and writers turned to pro wrestling, which, as I said, was huge in the 90s, and decided we need perhaps something like pinning your opponent, but mm. not not quite like that. Yeah. So it needs to be knocking your opponent out, basically rendering them unable to fight back, rendering them immobile. Technical A technical knockout for superheroes, yeah. Or an actual knockout. Or actual knockout, yeah. Um. Yeah, there's no ref to come in and say, this guy can't defend himself. <laughs> so, would you like to know the matchups? Okay, let's, it, it, are we are we going to do this in some kind of sports announcer kind of way? Uh, nah. Nah, nah. <laughs> we're, not, we're not that interesting, Will. I'd, I'll ruin my voice before getting to Amalgam, so... Yeah. Um, so we had Aquaman versus uh, Namor the Submariner. Oh, okay, that's a good match. Um, Elektra versus Catwoman. Okay, yeah, yeah, good match, good match. The Flash versus Quicksilver. 
Yep, yep, yep. So fucking Robin good. versus Jubilee. I thought we'd um, be Robbie versus Robin versus Bucky, but interesting. Bucky's dead. He's not coming back, Will. That's the interesting. That's the other thing to say is that this had to be. That I, I read. I read interviews where they were talked about. Ah, oh, would it be good to use the classic versions of these characters? Yeah. And but there's they said no. We want this to be a jumping on point. We want it to be relevant to what's going on. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So, um, we get when we get to Spider Man. It's not Peter Parker. It's Ben Riley. Because we're in the middle, well, we are in the middle of the clone saga. They think it's over, oh. but it's not. Peter Parker has quit as Spider-Man. He's lost his powers. And we have Ben Riley, who is revealed to be the real Spider-Man, is Spider-Man. Mm. And his costume, Thor's costume looks horrible. It's very different. Um, all this stuff going on. Um, so it's very much a 1996 bunch of people. Mm. Superman's got long hair. It looks weird. Yeah, um, I, remember, I think I remember seeing the action mullet Superman. Yeah, it's a yeah. peculiar time. It's not quite... It's not. I wouldn't say it's a mullet. Well, that's that's the phrase someone else used when they showed the picture because it, it had that swept-back look. M- mullet, swept. Yeah, but yeah. mullets are very distinctive and, and he's just had long hair, long yeah. shaggy hair. Um, so, yeah, Robin versus Jubilee, the Silver Surfer versus Green Lantern. Um, so we get mm, Kyle Rayner, yeah, Green Lantern, not yeah. Hal Jordan. Thor versus... Captain Marvel. Shazam, Captain Shazam, Marvel. Captain, yeah, 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 good, good. Um, those were the um, the ones decided by the uh, the creative teams. So not public vote. So in that case, we get Aquaman beats Namor the Submariner. Damn. Aquaman can command and control psychically um, creatures of the deep, which mm. name or cannot do. No. So Aquaman summons a huge whale to leap out of the water <laughs> and land on top of Namor. Um, <laughs> Namor is unable to get out, so there we go. He's the loser. Um, Electra fights Catwoman, and Electra. You think? To, I mean, to be fair, looking at that, look, Catwoman has got some skills, but Electra is this this ninja warrior. Yeah. You know, I mean, Cat- um, Catwoman is just a burglar. Yeah, I think around this time, they were doing an awful lot more with her, and mm. she had a great series. Jim Ballant did the artwork, which was just gorgeous, I'm, absolutely gorgeous artwork. So there was more of her as a as a fighter and adventurer. But oh, yeah. I, I always have a lot of time for Catwoman. I think she's a great character, but I, I'm always familiar with, with I, I'm always familiar with her more burgling aspects. Yeah. Yeah, more, 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 more burgling aspects. So Electra wins that one. Um, Flash versus Quicksilver. If anyone has read <laughs> The Flash, this is not a contest yeah. whatsoever. Look, Quicksilver, he's a, he's, a, he's a little fast dude. Oh, he's such a fast dude. The Flash can vibrate through solid objects. Yeah. He can travel through time. He can go to other dimensions, especially the Wally West version of the Flash um, in the nineties. Who they, that's when the writers introduced something called the Speed Force, which empowers him. And mm. I mean, yeah, Wally West Flash, nineties Flash is just so that one was pretty pretty clear, much faster. I, I, I had a feeling of that because there was a comic book group on Facebook that was talking about how overpowered he gets. Uh, I, I won't have that word in this podcast. Well, you, you just. You, you. Okay, what, nonsense. What, what do I say instead, Rob? They thought he had too many powers. I don't know. Too much power. Or not too much power. Or like, anyway, he was very powerful. 
He's very powerful. Yep. He's as powerful as the story needs him to be, written by a writer writing his powers. <laughs> People can get in the bin, um, which is what happened to Catwoman, actually. She lands in a big bin. Um, uh, Robin beats Jubilee, despite the fact he hasn't got any powers. He's Tim Drake Robin. He's highly trained, mm. um, and he ties her up with his cape. <laughs> No, yeah, well, no. He uses his cape as a decoy. Bloody Something hell. weird. Something nice and safe. Yeah, the fights are not good. None of these fights are fun or good. They tend to happen over just like one page or two pages, mm. and it's not. It's not very satisfying. <laughs> it doesn't um, sound like it. No, uh, Silver Surfer versus Green Lantern. The Silver Surfer wins when the two beings collide with each other, release a huge explosion. That knocks out Green Lantern because he's just a mortal, but yeah. Silver Surfer unfazed. Thor versus Captain Marvel, Shazam. Um, uh, so it's something to do with. Oh, um, th- sh- uh, Captain Marvel says Shazam turns back into Billy Batson for some reason, tries to turn back into Captain Marvel, but Thor controls the lightning. So he's like, no. You don't get the lightning. No, that, thank you. That sounds like me when I'm playing a video game and I press the wrong button. And I go, no, I, I, oh, no, I can't do that now. I've done it wrong. Oh, no, now I'm dead. <laughs> that sounds like that. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Um, and then the next were down to a public vote. Ooh. So we had Superman versus the Hulk. Spider Man. So Superman versus the Hulk, who do you think people would vote for to win that one? Hulk. It's a question of who's more popular. Hulk. Oh, well, it's going to be Superman, isn't it? I don't know. You tell me. Well, I would vote for Hulk just to see what would happen. But Super, if it's going to be popular... Well, that's, that's always- what a public vote is. Who's more popular? Superman. Superman's always been more popular than the Hulk. Okay, Spider-Man versus Superboy. Oh, Spider-Man. Batman versus Captain America. Oh, Batman. Wolverine versus Lobo. Don't don't throw that name out of me because you know what reaction it gets out of me. Uh, Wolverine, Storm versus Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman. Okay, so um, we had yes, you were correct on the first one. Superman defeats the Hulk. Boo! Um, he uses heat vision from the sky. It somehow beats the Hulk. Don't know how. Um, um, Spider Man beats Superboy. Yay! Um, he has spider sense, so he knows what's coming. Mm-hmm. And he uh, webs him up with impact webbing and of then course. electrocutes him. Um, <laughs> Batman versus Captain America. It's v- it's insanely... So it's written as being insanely evenly matched. Brilliant. And so it goes Brilliant. on for hours, which we don't <laughs> see. <laughs> I love it. And they're fighting... They kind of fight underground. <laughs> what? Um, in the tu- they, they, they fight underground in the tunnels underneath Gotham or something. Yeah. And they are then... Both of them blasted with a barrage of sewage. <laughs> <laughs> what what kind of what kind of gimmicky wrestling rubbish is this? Uh, and the sewage knocks Captain America off balance. No, and Batman manages to hit him with a batarang, um, and uh, Batman saves Cap from uh, drowning in wee and poo. Wee and poo. <laughs> but Cap's completely out cold from this batarang attack. Um, Scatman, so, more like, am I right? <laughs> boo, it was Captain boo. America. Captain America, am I right? There you go, that's better. <laughs> um, 
Storm, I mean, I mean, Storm versus Wonder Woman is a bit of a, yeah. Uh, Storm manages to somehow defeat Wonder Woman by hitting her repeatedly with lightning. <laughs> so, um, so she's doing a spamming attack like you're doing fighting games. You have that one special attack. You have do- you played a fighting game recently? <laughs> have you played a fighting game recently? You don't play no. games. No, I'm just saying, it seems to be your one point of reference at the moment. This reminds me of a fighting no, game. No, no, no. And that there reminds me of a fighting game. Well, what, this, It's uh, on your brain. Well, it, it, this this whole setup is like a fighting game. This entire thing. Very true, as, very as, true, yeah. This is, you know, you'd have, you say, say you have like uh, Sub-Zero in Mortal Kombat or Scorpion with his... Uh, harpoon thing you'd always spam that move the over one and over thing again. you can do one yeah. thing you can do and that's what she's doing spamming her she's spamming her with a with a good attack against her that's the most enough. controversial uh, mm. of these fights was wolverine versus lobo which one's lobo again because we, we talked we talked about him and no we didn't we didn't we no, said we, we mentioned talked- lobo before oh we mentioned lobo and something else another lobo we talked and- about um in the Black Panther Black episode, Panther. yes, there was that was it. A yeah. Wild West adventurer called Lobo, and I had um, to. You didn't want me yelling. No, out. we may we may have mentioned <laughs> him in the. Yeah, we must have mentioned him in the past because you've done that thing from The Simpsons. Lobo. Um, so Lobo <laughs> is. Uh, he was one of the Amiga men, but then he's not. He he was this um, comedically kind of written space alien character mm. they basically he's like a space biker and he cool. smokes a cigar like wolverine and he drinks lots of alcohol like wolverine did and he um is a, a badass anti-hero like wolverine and he's a biker but in space and he's like a bounty hunter and he's written by a guy called keith giffen who wrote it very very comically um and i always thought the whole point of lobo was to be it was a mocking parody of Wolverine mm. because they take his healing. Fa- Lobo has a healing factor, and they take it to what is at the time a ridiculous degree. The idea is that even one drop of his blood, he can regenerate his whole body. Ah, oh, for the love of God! Now, at the time, that seems stupid, mm. but the modern Wolverine has roughly the same amount of healing powers. He say, is yeah. absolutely unkillable. People now are like, oh, not even a nuclear explosion could defeat Wolverine. Stupid people. Um, so, but Lobo, despite being, in my mind, a one-note bad character, has a really massive groundswell. Not massive, but he has a very vocal groundswell of support from uh, middle-aged, weird-looking dudes. They look look like me, unfortunately. I was about to say, that that's, um, a, that's something for us to say, isn't it? And, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, in 1996, they were all middle-aged dudes. Oh. They were all people in their 30s and 40s. And they were Wolverine beats Lobo. This was a highly anticipated fight. Mm. The, we don't get to see any of the fight. We oh. see a bit at the start, and then both men topple behind a bar, <laughs> and the camera doesn't move, mm. and and we hear the fight go on for panel after panel without seeing anything, just seeing arms coming up above the bar, um, and then Wolverine gets up, picks up Lobo's cigar off the bar, and carries on smoking it. So he's won. Um, people were annoyed they didn't get to see the fight. Yeah. And people and, and all the Lobo fans were super because they were like, Lobo is eleven times more powerful than Wolverine. Wee, wee, wee. Um 
so that's the that's what's going on now. The fourth issue is the last issue of DC versus Marvel. Mm. But between issues three and four, Marvel pulled off something completely unexpected right in the middle of a massive crossover. Mm-hmm. They stopped. They didn't go to issue four of Marvel versus DC. What? They merged the two universes uh... and released a whole brand new line of comics featuring ner- merged characters in a new merged timeline. So they delayed like the payoff and had this cool moment in the middle where instead of like one universe getting destroyed, the universes get merged and then boom, <laughs> out come 12 comics onto the market in the next couple of you know months with with all these um the next month with all these new characters in um and then from that they pulled it all back and did the fourth issue in the end anyway and resolved it all but it was so because they could have it's 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 right it's it's hard to know what would be a bigger announcement but the idea that marvel and dc are merging universes and characters is a huge announcement and they didn't announce it like they said oh we're gonna have a fight between the two sets of heroes um and that was a big enough announcement on its own so they kept this a secret so it's only when you got to the end of issue three that you found out what they were going to do and then the following month all these fresh new ideas were on the on the on the bookshelves it was just so exciting <laughs> absolutely crazy i, I mean um, from a rights perspective it's 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 mental so <laughs> yeah, but they've already agreed to do it. They, they've already agreed to yeah, the crossover. But, that, but you were talking about how they can't reprint it, and it's just like a just a once, one time thing. Bloody hell! Yeah, but it, I mean, they did reprint it. They did. They did reprint it. I've got trades. I mean, oh, uh, they reprinted I, it. They they reprinted them for a number of years. Mm. It's harder to reprint. They reprinted trade paperback collections and. You know, hardback collections of all the stories. Mm. But what happens as we get further along in the nineties is that DC Comics gets snapped up by Warner Brothers, AOL, Time Warner, mm. and now we're in a position where these are not just two comic book companies. Yeah, in this day and age, for the last half many years, they are divisions of media conglomerates. So it's like almost so, like extra extra layers uh, between. Yeah, them. get getting the, these two to work together mm. to just do a bit of this is is very difficult. Um, they did come together, and out of respect for the passing of George Perez, they released a special um, release of the Avengers versus Justice League um, trade paperback, which was really special. That's good. Um, I think they did it. They did it before his death. Actually, he was on his deathbed, mm. and they released it so he got to see it because um, he was. Yeah, he was an incredible artist that did all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, so in the story, uh, the final victor of the fights is Marvel. Um, a, a character is introduced during this called Access. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of the character. That's his superhero name, is Access. He, is, he, is he a really good journalist or something who gets into places... Investigative journalist. No, he's an he's a, he's a weird ordinary bloke, but he somehow has the ability to um, warp between the two universes. Oh, there so it he is. Has yeah, access. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, access uh, infuses Batman and Captain America with with each with the fragments of the of the other universe, the respective universe, and what happens is the, the Spectre. Do you know the Spectre from DC Comics? Rings Probably not. 
He's um he's like God's spirit of vengeance. He's massively powerful. Mm. And the Living Tribunal from the uh, Marvel Universe, they basically go, well, I don't want either one of our universes to be destroyed. The only way to save them both is to fuse them together. Amalgamated versions <laughs> of our universes. And that's what... That's what we do, and then we see these characters come out, and it's not just, it's not, so everybody in both universes gets merged, and it's the histories, the timelines, so everybody in this new universe acts as if the Amalgam universe has been in existence for years, and you, as the reader, are, are invited to play along. Because in the comic books, there's a, a letters page section at the back, and instead of it being real letters from people going, hey, I love that DC versus Marvel thing, who's this new character, Super Soldier? What you get are letters pretending to be from the Amalgam universe. <laughs> I've, I've been reading <laughs> Super Soldier. My dad passed down copies of Super Soldier to me. My dad read it in the 40s. Oh, <clears throat> God, and, that is inspired. And asking about events in the past... Whatever happened to Super Soldier's um, sidekick, American Girl? Um, well, as you could see in issues, you know, 255, she passed away after being killed by... Right? So That's the incredible. letters page was part of the world building. Oh, God. And in older comics, and they do it a little bit now maybe, but in older comics, they'd always be um, a editor's text box mm. so to help you catch up with the story yeah 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 uh, a character might say um i can't believe that a american girl had died and then there'll be an asterisk and a text box would say um Six. for the full story see whatever yeah i've, I've uh, it, 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 all comics i've read have pretty much had that even got, sonic sonic the comic yeah did that. so yeah. they 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 do that again in a in-universe world-building fake way. So oh. it refers to a, an event that we've never seen because it never happened, but did in the Amalgam universe. I love this. And they merge certain events. So DC Comics has the Crisis on Infinite Earths, mm. um, and in the 90s it had Zero Hour. Zero, and yeah. Marvel's famous ones were Secret Wars mm. and... Um, uh, Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. So there were lots of references to the mega event that happened in Amalgam, um, Secret Crisis of the Infinity Hour. Ah. <laughs> and it the just about works that one. The editors and the writers all talk about in in this some interviews they've given the ones the editors that were handing involved said, oh, so much of it is like they are like these are all one issue things. These characters, nothing's ever going to be returned to. So yeah, it's not. It, there are jokes, but they're not like we're not not taking it seriously. The, the the stories take it all seriously, but the world building is littered with little Easter eggs yeah. and references and fun little ah oh, oh that's that's because of that. It's a, a joy for a child. I love those kind of Easter eggs and world building, uh, especially with long running franchise. Obviously, with long running franchises, the more that you get, way more. I, oh, yeah. I, I live. I live for those. I live. And, for and these, of course, are very long-running franchises. Yeah, they would do th- so um, instead of um, Dark Claw having appeared. So Batman would have appeared in Detective Comics in the Amalgam yeah. Universe. Dark Claw appeared in, I think, it's Sleuth Comics. Oh, um, lovely, lovely. And they merged yeah. for some. So for Iron Lantern. Yeah. So Green Lantern, the Silver Age Green Lantern, first appears in uh, DC Showcase, yep. and Iron Man first appears in. Is it Tales, Tales of Suspense? 
Tales of Suspense. It's not Tales to Astound, Tales of... of Tales of Suspense, yeah. yeah. So, Iron Lantern's early appearances took place in, mm. I think it's Astounding Showcase. <laughs> or Showcase of the of the Astounding, or whatever. To, to be fair, it's like, that one doesn't sound like an amalgamation. I mean, it is, but like it just sounds like a regular, like... Yeah. Comic, comic comic series, you know, works. So half the Amalgam comics were published by Marvel and the other half were published by so each by DC. So six uh, issues were published by each publisher. Um, and then after those six were done, they resolved the story, access and the other things and blah, blah, blah. Both universes were saved, whatever. Mm. And it ends in an amicable way with no winner, no loser. The two brothers who are re- representing Marvel and DC um, look at each other um, and basically kind of recognize the amazing accomplishments of each brother, um, shake hands and, and, and leave each other alone saying, you've done very well for yours, you know, each of them. Mm. Um, so, it's a, yeah, a bit of a weird ending, but there you go. Um, a year later, they resurrected it, um, and they published another 12 Amalgam uh, comics, Um and there was an in-story but that was the end of it so it's just uh, 96 and then 97 um, and uh, we are now caught up and we are about to dive into the Amalgam Universe so here we go Will has got a uh, a list of the um, important Amalgam characters um, and you've also got some images that I've sent you as well mm. so dive on in take a look at your list and um, who's you, who would you like to know about? I think first let's, let's, let's go uh, with the, uh, the the most fearsome sounding one Super Soldier well take a look at the first the very first image that I've sent you Ooh, um, Super Soldier is the combination of Superman and Captain America. Yeah. So, as we went into uh, a Malcolm Comics, a, a lot of us, I think, thought that the characters that were fighting would be merged. Mm. So you'd have Superman and the Hulk merged or something. Yeah. But they didn't. I think they went for what would make a much more compelling and f- which characters fit together a bit better. And. Superman and Captain America as the respective leaders of the respective super teams and stuff. Mm. That kind of works. So can you sort of describe what you can see in the super super soldier image, the, 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 the first one? Well, first of all, the thing that really caught my attention was the names at the bottom. It's Dave Gibbons uh, doing this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do, love right. me a bit of Dave Gibbons. Okay, we have... Now, first of all, I, I, second of all, actually, sorry, I love the Amalgam Comics logo. Isn't it cool? It's, it's the old... Yeah. It's got, it takes a lot from the old DC Comics logo with the two stars on the side, but then it has the big, bold A instead yeah. of the big, bold M. Yeah, yeah. that's really, really good. It uh, looks the, like it's been in existence for ages. You know? it's, it, just, it just naturally fits. It's really good. The Super Soldier logo... Or sorry, the, the, the title. It's the, like the old Superman uh, title. Like It zooms in. It looks like it's zooming in at you because it's 3D. Uh, that we got basically now. How do I describe this? I got to I got to do this piece by piece. We've got uh, Captain, uh, mostly Captain America. He's he, he looks very muscly, but he's got like blonde hair coming out the top for some reason. Uh, uh, he's, he's got like an all over body spandex thing, but apparently yeah, the Cap- that's the Captain America costume. Oh, does he actually have his hair coming out the top? I thought he did. No, no, no. Sorry, I'm, you're saying he's got the all-over spandex costume. Yeah, yeah that's the, the Captain. It's the Captain America costume, 
except he's got red pants and the he's got Superman's belt and red kind of pants bit the the um yeah the, as we talked about in our amazing superman episode the 1930s strongman look yeah that's exactly it and he, he's a uh, it really is amalgamed very well he's still got the pirate boots of captain america and he's got a shield but the shield is the superman logo and he's a uh, yeah it's the, the superman shield as it were super, superman shield and he's fighting or super soldier shield it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. Sorry, it's the S shield. The S shield from yeah. the from his costumes, his costume, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Superman's costume, and he appears to be fighting a giant robot Nazi. <laughs> yeah, it's a bold, it's a bold uh, image. It's um, it's uh, it looks yeah, like the I, kind of thing the boys would have come up with. You know what I mean when they're doing the whole oh, fake right, backstory, especially in the TV yeah. show, because they had a. Soldier boy who fought in World War Two, didn't they? So here we go. In the 1930s, an alien rocket ship crash lands in Kansas, where it is discovered by a childless local couple Mm -hmm. who discover a dead alien inside. So Kal-El dies on the way to Earth. (laughs) The U.S. government take possession of the rocket and the alien remains, using the alien DNA to create the super soldier serum. Oh, God. Um, so this during, dark. huh? This just sounds dark. It's like, oh look, there's an alien child that's dead. Better uh, inject him yeah, into someone. I'll be honest, they glaze over that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. during World War Two, the serum is given to young volunteer Clark Kent. Um, the super soldier serum alters Kent's DNA so that he could now become supercharged by solar radiation, giving him super speed, strength, yeah. and vulnerability, all of Superman's powers. Um, Clark Kent becomes the uh, the military's ultimate fighting machine and is sent into combat wearing red, white, and blue mm. as America's super soldier. Military scientists also discover that the the metal the alien rocket ship is made out of is otherworldly, and they name this metal vibranium. <sighs> And isn't it cool? Isn't it, some of this stuff just cool and fun, right? It, 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 it comes together so well. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like you know where the little bit, you know, you can, yeah. you, you know where the joining, the bits are joined in. But it, but at the same time, it's just, if you didn't know where, it, you know, if you didn't know anything about this, it sounds like a legitimate comic. So I'll say none of these stories are. In, in any of these individual comics are particularly good, but Amalgam <laughs> is just fun, beginning yeah. to end. Aside from a few, we'll get into the rubbish ones and I'll, I'll rip them apart. But it's just f- constant fun. And you, I've read them. I read uh, Peter J furnished me with I think six or seven of the original batch for my birthday, my fortieth, um, which is great because I don't know where uh, if I've got original copies. I've no idea where they would be. Um, and I reread them all in preparation for this, um, the, the ones that he sent me. And I was like, yeah, none of them, none of the stories are what a story. But it's just a fun, I'm reading the letters page, like every word of it going, oh, that's fun. And all, all the little references are good. So, yeah, so they, 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 they shape the, uh, they fashion the vibranium into a metal, uh, into the incredible S shield for Kent to carry in the shape mm. of. Now, they don't kind of, there's no mention of whether the S was there in the ship, like where they got the idea of the S from. I, and there's a lot of unanswered questions because you only get one issue, maybe two. Um, I think it's just meant to stand for Super Soldier. Right. Um, 
the um, the birth of Super Soldier is spied upon by young cub reporter Jimmy Olsen, who had <laughs> snuck into the military base and now has photographic evidence of the entire procedure. Jimmy strikes a deal with the government. Um, he'll not tell the world about the project and the identity of the super soldier if the government makes him the official press flak for the super soldier, and he accompanies super soldier on his wartime adventures. So That's it's really, uh, super really soldier and Jimmy Olsen. That's really good. It, also, with the whole uh, super serum thing, it reminded me. I was reading uh, Jeff Loeb's. I'm still reading Jeff Loeb's run of uh, Superman and Batman, and I think mm. it's in that. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's an issue where for Lois Lane's birthdays, uh, Superman has created a serum that gives you Superman's powers, so she becomes super powered for the day. Yes, that's taken from a, an old Silver Age um, comic where that, that same thing oh, happens. That, it's yeah. a lovely thing to do, and she's really into it. She really you know, leans You're into it. You're thinking of Grant Morrison's, not, not Jeff Loeb's run. Oh, it was Grant Morrison's. Yeah. Yes, it was. You're absolutely right. No, All-Star Because Grant Morrison yeah. loves the Silver Age and <laughs> plays homage to that in their, in their amazing series. Yeah, that's um, correct. Yeah, yeah. So uh, part of Jimmy Olsen's origin there, Pays homage it is part of the Bucky origin. The original Bucky origin is that the young mascot of the camp goes into um, Steve Rogers' tent and sees him getting changed and turning into Captain America, so mm. has to become his sidekick. So there's a bit of that going on with that. So during the war, during the war, Super Soldier joins a group of American superheroes called the All Star Winners Squadron. Which is a mouthful. Because it's an amalgamation of Marvel's wartime heroes, the All Winners Squad, and DC's wartime heroes, the All Star Squadron. So we get the All Star Winners Squadron. Um, yeah, um, I, I. That name is a lot. That that name. You need what to, else could you? But you need a steak. Not... You need a steak knife for that name. <laughs> but none of this is being done to be an actual thing. This is just these I... are all Easter eggs. And um, I, I I know, but I'm just there looking at that that name, going, no, I can't chew that. I can't chew that. Super Soldier's love interest is reporter Lois Lane, and he is heartbroken when she marries the cold-hearted businessman Lex Luthor. Ooh, hello. Um, Luther, who is personal friends with high-ranking political figures such as Winston Churchill and President Franklin Roosevelt, um, but only the super soldier um, is sees through Luther's facade and knows that Lex Luther is actually a corrupt war profiteer who is aiding the Nazi Party and funding them with military uh, weapons and all sorts in an effort to prolong the war and fill his coffers. Um, while looking into the secret government military project that created the super soldier, Luther learns of an alien craft that landed in Kansas, carrying with it a radioactive ore from another world <laughs> that he names the Kansas Load, or Green K for short. There's no knowledge of Krypton, it's not yeah, Kryptonian, no, no. but it's yeah, green, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. from Kansas. The Kansas Load, it's Green K. Yeah, it's in like, nineteen. Hmm. Sorry, yeah. I was about to say it's it's it's, it's a similar of, it, it, with the Command and Conquer games. There's a thing called Tiberium. It's like a, a radioactive element that you have to mine, and it's called that because it crashed the meteorite carrying it crashed landed on the River Tiber in Italy. Ah, so it's right. that same kind of yeah, and it fits. Yeah. So Luther gets hold of this green K. Mm. Um, Luther seeking to remove Super Soldier. 
the main asset of the Allies that might end this war early, which he doesn't want to do. No. Luther designs Ultra Metallo. Um, <laughs> An enormous robot that you saw on the front cover, powered yeah. by the Green K meteorite. Um, and that becomes the chief weapon of the Axis powers. Um, so, Ultra Metallo is an amalgamation of um, the Hydra uh, Sleeper, as it's mm. called, the first Sleeper, which is a giant Hydra robot, and DC Comics Metallo. Do you know Metallo? I think he's popped up in the comics I've been reading. He's like in, a, like, in the Jeff Loeb one. He Jeff Loeb one, yeah. He, he popped. He popped up. He's uh, a he, Silver Age Superman um, character. It's the mind of a regular person, yeah, a robotic it, body, yeah. and his heart that powers him is, is Krypton, Kryptonite, Kryptonite. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's uh, very dangerous to Superman when he opens his chest. Yeah. Um, it's also kind of I, I I thought that Ultra Metallo is a little reminiscent of the giant robots that Superman fights in the forties uh, Fleischer Studios cartoons. I was thinking exactly um, that, yeah, yeah. So the uh, Ultra Metallo and Super Soldier engage each other uh, in battle over a, a fleet of battleships in the Atlantic Ocean, big climatic battle, and they both are very very badly hurt, and they both sink to the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. Super Soldier sacrifices himself to take down Ultra Metallo, um, believed to be dead, although Jimmy Olsen is the only witness. Um, and instead of reporting to the world that Super Soldier is dead, which he believes would be a, a, a fatal blow to the morale of soldiers and the public, Jimmy Olsen instead reports that Super Soldier has retired <laughs> after <laughs> basically the war's pretty much over. I pretty much won the war. Um, I am now immediately retiring. Um uh, Luther goes on to use the uh, the green K to invent the K bomb, an explosive <laughs> replacement for the nuclear warhead. He freely hands it over to the Americans. He knows senses of the war is over. Mm. He ingratiates himself what he thinks will be the winning side. Yeah. The uh, the K bomb is deployed on Japanese soil, bringing a swift end to the war. Mm. Um, Luther also takes the green K which he knows was somehow connected to Super Soldier, yeah. and creates a serum with it, oh, no. which he hopes will give him power and youth. And he injects it into himself, but however, it has a horrific effect, transforming him into the Green Skull. <laughs> beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Turning the skin on his head green, giving yeah. a cadaverous appearance. He becomes a reclusive millionaire, billionaire, retreating from public life. Otherwise, he'd have to explain why his head's all green. Mm. Refuses to appear in uh, in public, Excellent. but with the cooperation of ex-Nazis around the world that he has a connection to, and the Japanese subversives, Luther, the Green Skull, found, funds the terrorist operation Hydra. Um, and uh, he leads Hydra in the in the aftermath of the war with no super soldier to oppose him. Um, Fifty years later, if you go to the uh, set, uh, go to the third image. Third image, yeah. Oh wow! What can you see there? Uh, it looks like. Well, I see. I see, I see a super soldier. He looks like he has bullet. No, he's, he's got a torn costume. He's lying down. Other superheroes are looking at him. I don't know who so these this people is, are. 
This is recreating the Avengers discovering Captain America's frozen body and reviving him uh, from Avengers issue four. The placement of all the characters, everything about that image is recreating it, <laughs> but with Super Soldier instead. So 50 years after his battle with Ultramatalo, the JLA, we'll get to them in a minute, the superheroes of the, of the age discovered the frozen body of Super Soldier in JLA issue four. Didn't happen. Never happened. It's all this is fake. <laughs> In JLA issue 4 And they thaw the great hero out And he mm. becomes super soldier again And he, he joins the team And kind of becomes their leader And begins working at the Daily Planet As Clark Kent He wow. soon discovers that Lex Luthor Is alive and well And is the green skull And he also discovers That he is getting weaker and weaker Every day the K-bombs that were detonated in the 40s have blanketed the Earth's atmosphere with a low level of green K radiation, harmless mm. to everyone else, but deadly to the super soldier. So every day he's losing his powers and his strength. Bloody hell. Lex Luthor comes out of retirement, resurrects... I mean, not out of retirement, he, he, he comes out of hiding, mm. resurrects the ultra, ultra Metallo and sends it to destroy Washington, D.C. so they can have a final battle with the Super Soldier. Super Soldier, this time, defeats the robot, um, but is actually able to expose Luther's evil ways to the whole world for the very first time. Um, and that's the Super Soldier for you. Super Soldier, right. So you mentioned JLA because yes. I I think I when I hear JLA I thought it's Justice League of America but what Yeah that's the and in the 90s the Justice League comic was called simply JLA JLA um yeah and JLI uh, earlier in the 90s it was JLI because they were the Justice League International International so take, not, not Justice League Ireland No uh, so take a look at the second image I sent you Okay um Let's have a look at this. Come out. These well are the Judgment League Avengers. <laughs> which is the combination of the teams, the Justice League and the Avengers. Yeah. And I don't know why it wasn't the Justice League Avengers. I don't or know why just, it's Judgment. Ju Justice Avengers, I don't know. I, it's fine. It's fine. So, what, what? I don't know where to begin here. We've got a whole lot of heroes... Zooming into action, we've got one here who looks like Superman, but he's or Shazam, but he's like he's got a white suit with green. Those are the original colours of the Marvel Captain Marvel. Marvel's Cree suit of uh, soldier suit is white and green, uh. but. It's now in the style of Shazam, Shazam Captain Marvel with the great big lightning bolt on the cover, which is now green instead of um, instead of yellow. I'm going to put all these images in the post on um, it, on Patreon, so you'll be able to look at all these images as we go along. So we got um, we got, we got a Hawkman. Um, so that is uh, uh, wait 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 a uh, Angel Hawk. Angel Hawk. So is that what Warrington the Third from X Men? <laughs> um, Warren Hall. Yes, it is Angel from the X Men and DC's Hawkman. Hawkman. Yeah, good. We obviously there's Super Soldier. Yeah. We look. We is that the uh, Batman Wolverine combo? That is Dark Claw. We'll that save him for later. Him he's for like later. the star of. Of because he's the coolest, so we're he's, gonna. Yeah, he's the cool badass. We're one, safe, we're, we've got. We've, we'll we'll yeah. get to Dark Claw uh, later on. 
Bottom left, I'm seeing a guy in green. I don't know if he's got a bow and arrow or... He does, hold- yeah. He does. Is, is this... Okay. I, I, I want to guess his name. Okay. Is he, is he, the, is he the green Hawkeye? <laughs> he's just called Hawkeye. Oh, for God's sake. What's uh, that Clint Archer. Clint Who Archer. Is- Jesus. <laughs> I know. Terrible name, isn't it? Oh, um, that's, that's like someone trying to remember the name. Oh, yeah. What's his name? Clint Archer. That's his name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is the first of two characters that are Green Arrow and Hawkeye merged together. Mm, so that okay. is uh, Hawkeye, Green Arrow and Hawkeye. Okay. Uh, bottom right, we've got two characters here. we got what looks to be Catwoman, but blonde hair and wearing a weird mask. Oh, is that... Uh, that, no. Um, so the weird mask... So that is Mockingbird. Um, uh, so, sorry. This is, this is Canary, Dinah Barton. Dinah Barton is a combination of DC's Black Canary and Marvel's Mockingbird. Mockingbird is Hawkeye's uh, girlfriend and then wife. Ah. Has she popped up in the MCU, Mockingbird? I swear. In, um, we saw her in um, uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Earth's Heroes, yeah, because she, yeah. She, she becomes an agent and then she, yeah, with, with S.H.I.E.L.D., Who's this? Uh, who's this guy with other blonde hair? And he's got like a, some kind of vest on, but he's got the arms of a tree trunk. It's Goliath. Right, um, Goliath. Um, in the Marvel universe, Goliath is another name taken by uh, Giant Man. Quite right. soon after being Giant Man, he, he decides to go with the name Goliath, and he's Goliath for a bit, Hank Pym, mm. and then he stops doing that. And years later. Clint Barton, who gets fed up of only having a bow and arrow, starts taking Hank Pym's size-changing pills um, uh, and wins the Tour de France. No, he um, <laughs> he <laughs> takes the name Goliath, and that's what he looked like in the, in the for a period in the 90s. He looked just right. like that. Um, but this Goliath is a combination... This is Oliver Quinn, Goliath. So he's a combination of Green Arrow and Hawkeye, yet again, only this time, the Hawkeye that was Goliath. <laughs> right, okay. Um, other members of the Judgment League Avengers... Who? Oh, sorry, they were brought together by Doctor Strange Fate. Um, who we'll get to. Um, and the Judgment League Avengers were brought together to stop the Skulk, who is... <laughs> <laughs> what, what does he do hang around the bins <laughs> it's Solomon Grundy from DC Comics and Solomon, the Hulk oh, um, oh terrible, Solomon really, Grundy and the Hulk oh that's an awesome combination it is but the name is terrible awful yeah why couldn't, why couldn't they call him Solomon Hulky <laughs> I don't know what they should have called him but I would go with anything but the Skulk um and the original sounds team sounds like a raccoon. <laughs> the original team was Doctor Strange Fate, Canary, Angel Hawk, the Aquamarina, who is Aquaman and Namor the Submariner, and Aquamarina! Uh, he sounds like the colour of a car. <laughs> he sounds like a really posh place you go like on the coast to uh yeah. Gonna, yeah. gonna go to Aquamarina. People are parking the their yachts there. Yeah. Uh, and Iron Lantern. Um, mm. The roster keeps changing. Um, we get. So there is a character that is equal parts called Amazon mm. and equal parts called Wonder Woman. And I think there's a massive editorial breakdown. Yeah. That's Wonder Woman and Storm. Yeah. And they can't decide 
watch is going to be. Um, Dark Claw joins the team. Um, we also get Red Vision, who is a combination. <laughs> both the Justice League had an Android member called the Red mm-hmm. Tornado, and the Avengers have an Android member called the Vision. So this is mm-hmm. the Red Vision. Um, Captain Marvel is young Billy Batson. When he shouts the word Cree, he transforms into a super-powered Cree uh, hero, oh, Captain incredible, Marvel. Incredible, incredible. Um, so yeah, we saw them discover um, discover uh, Super Soldier in the ice, and then we learn it in the in the miniseries JLA the New Blood. Mm. The uh, the team of uh, superheroes was joined by six new meta mutant members. <laughs> um, if you fire up the next image in the line that I've sent you. Oh, uh, uh, don't describe it just yet, but you can have to take a look. So the new members to join the JLA were Ray Summers, Apollo, <laughs> who was a combination of DC's light-based character called the Ray and mm. Marvel's Cyclops. Yeah, Beatrice Grey, Firebird, who is DC's Fire, who has green mm. fire, and Marvel's Phoenix. Todd LeBeau, the Wraith, DC's Obsidian and Marvel's Gambit. Runaway, who is DC's uh, Gypsy and Marvel's Rogue, uh, Pietro Allen, Mercury, DC's Impulse, sort of a Kid Flash character, mm. and Marvel's Quicksilver, and Kurt Ryder, the Night Creeper, <laughs> who is DC character called the Creeper, and Marvel's Nightcrawler. Why? Why? Do some of these names just don't... I get, I get what they're doing, but it's just like... Did you read that back to yourself? But the, but it's, it's, it has to be the most recognisable parts mm. of both names, really, with the major characters. Mm. Um, so the new meta mutants who joined the JLA did not really they started not get on with the original members. They were often at odds about how governments around the world were treating the meta mutants out there. Um, when the evil Will Magnus and his Sentinels framed the Aquamarina who's also a metamutant, for the destruction of oil tankers, the relationship between the original JLA and the metamutant members was put to the test. The marina goes on the run. The shield failed to capture him, and instead the JLA are ordered to capture one of their own members. Um, and that causes a huge split between the New Blood metamutant members and the originals. And then into, in, into the play comes a telepath called Mr. X. <laughs> Um, and Mr. X inspires the new blood to free the Aquamarina um, and uh, convinces the Meta Mutants to form a new team taking the name JLX, which is a very, very cool name, I have to it, admit. That is very good. Um, so, can you describe uh, that cover? Well, God, where do I begin? We got, we got uh, Cyclops. But he he looks more he, his Apollo. costume looks, Apollo, but his costume he's basically Cyclops, but his costume looks a lot cooler. Um, in the front is that Quicksilver, Mercury, Mercury, okay, Impulse gonna, and Quicksilver. I, I'm not going to remember the, the the amalgam names, mate. Uh, oh, <laughs> Green Fire or whatever her name is, uh, Firebird, Firebird. Yeah, just basically it's Jean Grey, Phoenix, but uh, crossed Green. with Poison Ivy. <laughs> just green. Because she's green, uh, we've got Night Creeper, 
<laughs> yeah. Who, who, who looks like uh, if uh, a, a member of Kiss had sex with a broccoli. Uh, <laughs> and then I got, what's what's the rogue one? Runaway. Runaway, that was it. And I think she's on someone else's back. She's carrying a, uh, uh, what's it, Wraith. Wraith, okay. We're starting to find now, these aren't too bad, mm. but we are starting to find, in my mind, Mm. And I felt it at the time as well. A massive discrepancy between the level of like popularity and coolness of the Marvel characters mm. with the DC characters. Now, it'll be heightened for you because I don't know how much of the... Because we've looked at loads of Marvel characters and not loads of DC characters. Mm. But as this goes on, oh boy, I really think this series exposes that there's a lot of kind of... I don't know. Dusty old kind of lame Silver Age DC characters that are thrown into this thing. Um, <laughs> so the JLX are formed, and these this seems to be this is like the this is like the X Men and the Justice League kind of put together. Um, but it's weird Justice League members. It's like and and I, so many of these aren't even Justice League members. Some of these are Justice Society members and stuff. It's mm. bizarre. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a weird combination of like some of the most popular X Men characters of all time, along with Obsidian <laughs> and <laughs> the Creeper. Uh, it's an odd combination. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so they go on a fight, fight some Sentinels. Uh, Mister X at the end of the battle reveals that he is not a meta mutant. He right. is actually an alien in disguise. He is Jean Jeans. The Manhunter from Mars. <laughs> but the race of aliens that live on Mars are Skrulls. Oh. So it's properly everything mixed together with that. Um, the it's JLX, just a soup right now. It's a big <laughs> soup. soup. Jambalaya. The, uh, uh, the JLX will have to contest with the Dark Firebird saga as Firebird's <laughs> cosmic powers overwhelm her. They would face the Hellfire League of Injustice. Oh. Uh, an amalgamation of Marvel's Hellfire Club and mm. DC's Injustice League. Uh, and they summoned the uh, demonic creature Fin Fang Fame, Flame. Uh, a combination of <laughs> Fin Fang Foom, who we've seen, and DC's uh, demonic being Brimstone. Um, that creature goes on a rampage and he destroys JLA West... Uh, and JLA mm. International, um, mm. a nod to both Avengers West Coast yep, and West Justice Defense. League and Justice League International, wow. um, and uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's where we go with the JLX spinning out of the JLA. Okay, uh, next, what about X Patrol? Because that sounds like an existing uh, Marvel thing. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Fire open. Um, Fire open the next image, next JLX, and you will see. There's what some you cleavage. Can see. Uh, no, no, <laughs> there is. Yeah. Wow, this one looks a lot more colourful. Oh god, I can recognise some already. Oh god, it looks like classic X Men. This can is. Can you stop saying "Oh god" because it sounds like you hate what's going on? No, 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 <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh god, it's X Men. Oh, like what? <laughs> Your no, reactions are peculiar. Sometimes. I'm, ta- I'm just <laughs> taking it in and going like, <laughs> "I see what they did there. I see what they did there. Fantastic, fantastic." Oh <laughs> that's, my, that's that's a good. Re- I don't mind that. <laughs> oh god, oh, new more god. comics. Um, so this is 
X-Force merged with Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen any of Doom Patrol? I haven't, but I think I've got the... Com- I, I tried reading the comics uh, on my on DC Unlimited. Yeah, Grant, Grant Morrison uh, did a great run on Doom Patrol way yeah. back when. Um, Doom Patrol are really... Uh, they, they, they have, and they've had a. I think Gerard Way has been in charge of the most recent mm. um, Doom Patrol stuff. Um, the TV show is really good as well. Um, yeah, I heard good things. They're they they never been like super popular like the Teen Titans. I'm kind of amazed we never got a Teen Titans thing in this, but there we go. Um, but they they're they're all these absolutely messed up outcast char- characters mm. with powers um they've all of them i think have died and come back and it's just a, an awful it, it's 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 especially the grant morrison run um they did some tremendous work with it so uh the green character is hank logan beastling <laughs> so that's a combination of dc's changeling mm. slash beast boy who was also in the Teen Titans and is in lots of the cartoons and stuff, and Marvel's Beast. Mm. Um, we have Pietro Rasputin, Pharaoh Man, a combination of Colossus and Pharaoh Lad from the Legion of Superheroes. I don't... That has nothing to do with Doom Patrol. No idea. I thought his power was... He, 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 he looks for Rochos. Good Fer- one. Ferrero Man. Yeah, Ferrero Lad. Oh, Ferrero Man. Yeah, well, Ferrero yeah, Man. Yeah. I'm sorry, that was bad. Oh, there, is some, there is some Teen Titans in this, because we've got... So, does it, DC have a character called Starfire. She's from the Teen mm. Titans. And Marvel have a character called Shatterstar. So right. this character is then merged. Shatterstarfire. <laughs> That's too much. That's too much. Like, it's like, <laughs> you had a good name. Stop. Stop. <laughs> the, I understand. What was but... the good name? Shatterstar. They can't Starfire. call it Shatterstar. They, they I, have to do both. They I have know. To. I know. But the subconscious in me is yelling, no, don't put the, the extra thing at the end. It sounds the, bad. Interview with the writers and the artists at the time said yeah. they were just in fits of hysterics when they realised they could combine those two names perfectly yeah. and create Shatterstar Fire. Well, it's almost... It's, it's, it's a portmanteau, isn't it? It's a portmanteau. I guess so, yeah. yeah it's a port, that's, I mean, it, don't get me wrong. Fits beautifully. Doesn't read beautifully. <laughs> No. It does not read beautifully. We've got Janet Van Dyne, Elastigirl, who Ooh. is a combination of DC's Elastigirl, mm. Marvel's Domino, and also Marvel's The Wasp. It's Sometimes Elastigirl... there's Sorry. three in the there's three characters merged yeah. together for reasons I don't understand. Is Elastigirl anything to do with Plastic Man? No. Oh, sorry. The, oh, okay, right. There's no. It, no, um, in Doom Patrol, she has the ability to grow very, very big and mm. then go back to normal size. Um, Elastigirl Girl has always never made sense to me, but there we go. That's fair. Um, um, and yeah. uh, you're right. Yeah, I was just about to say there's one more to go. We'll um, get to him in a minute. There's someone yeah. not featured. I've just realised not on the front cover. Um, there's a character called uh, Dial Husk. Uh, <laughs> Paige Guthrie, Dial Husk. This Dial, is gonna... Dial H for Husk. Yeah, so, um, so she Paige Guthrie is one of the X Men mutant characters called Husk, and her ability is really interesting. She's part of Generation X in the nineties. Mm. She can peel her skin off. Oh God! And it reveals another underneath that 
that the next layer underneath when she peels her skin off, she has grown a different kind of mutant ability to do with her physical appearance. I mean... She's not always in control of it. So you peel it off and suddenly she reveal, you know, colossus-like metal skin underneath. Sometimes you peel it off and she's burning red hot Mm. and she's got some fire powers. So she rips the skin off and underneath there's another husk and another set of kind of of physical abilities. Bloody hell. At the same time, DC in the Silver Age had this comic book series called Dial H for Hero. Mm. Dial H for Hero was about a, 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 a mystic dial that had a number of letters on it. And when you dialed, when you used the dial to spell out the word hero, it would transform you into a superhero with uh, a set of powers and identity for like, I think, 24 hours, and then you'd go back to normal. Um, and so that series had diff- lots of different incarnations over the years, but it was a bunch of like teen kids who had the dial. Mm. They, when there was trouble, they dial hero and become amazing man for one issue. Then the next issue, they'd be I don't know, Ice Girl, um, and then the, the Bird Queen or whatever. So it's a completely different hero. And what what DC did with it at one stage is they opened it up to open submissions. So readers members of the public could submit their brand new superhero to appear as the hero in the next issue of dial h for hero so they've combined those two things together um so in 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 dial husk husk page guthrie rips off her skin to not just reveal another like layer of like skin underneath it that might be super hard or spiky or whatever she rips it off to reveal a brand new superhero identity um <laughs> underneath that so that's the confusing backstory to one that, minor character that's did, did you ever i don't suppose you ever did but did you ever see uh machete 2 yeah yeah do you remember that, that lady gaga's character would just keep Pe- not peeling the skin off, but like it would turn out to be a whole bodysuit, and then it's Cuba Gooding Jr. playing someone, and then they peel off their skin, and it's some other another actor. Right, okay. that. I don't really remember that, but I, I kind of picture what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it was that was a weird film. Anyway, so we've got one more character on this yeah, cover. Just bear with me, so I can't each... read that name. <laughs> so just bear with me, and I'm going I to don't... tell you everything. No, no, I want it now. So each of those characters is the victim of terrible circumstance which has transformed them into a strange and powerful metamutant. And mm. they're brought together by Niles Cable. Uh, I thought we get a laugh out of the Niles name. No? Uh, okay. I, 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 why why laugh? Well, because of Frasier. You love Frasier. I you love Frasier. Frasier but... almost as much as Simpsons. I imagine you'd picture Niles as a superhero and giggle. <laughs> I'm no. amazed at your self-control. Um, so Niles Cable is a combination of Doom Patrol DC character The Chief, whose name is Niles Calder, mm. and Marvel's Cable. Um, and also a tiny little bit of Professor X for some reason. So, so he's, he's a, the leader. He's the leader, basically. Yeah, he's brought the team together. He's a cybernetically enhanced metamutant from an apocalyptic future. He travels back in time to gather metamutants who he knows are soon to die in tragic and heroic deaths. Um, their headquarters is in a warehouse building shaped like a giant X, and it, it <laughs> looks like the same material as the Eiffel Tower, that kind of ah, girders. Yeah, and it's explained away as being built for one of the world fairs in the past, like the Eiffel Tower, mm. uh, and then never demolished and left to kind of just become this 
public oddity amongst mm. office buildings and high-rise buildings and stuff. And that's a nod in, in that's a nod to the Doom Patrol headquarters, which is this old, old kind of gothic-style mansion yeah. wedged between two skyscrapers, <laughs> which is always striking the old Doom Patrol colleagues. Mm. And also the Teen Titans had their base inside a giant tea building um, oh, off the hell. coast of San Francisco, which <laughs> you'll see in Teen Titans Go and stuff. So they've kind of done a, a bit of a... Mm. Yeah. So this team's first mission is a full-on assault assault against Dr. Doomsday. <laughs> Dr. Victor Von Doom, obsessed with unlocking the genetic secrets found within the fallen alien creature called Doomsday, who was yep. defeated by Speed Demon. We'll get to him later. Uh, during Von Doom's examination, bone fragments from Doomsday the monster exploded into his face. Um, they swiftly replicated their DNA of the warlike monster, destroying the handsome good looks of the genius and twisting him into the grotesque Dr. Doomsday. He is uh, notorious for being so evil that during the Amalgam crossover event, Secret Crisis of the Infinity Hour, mm. he killed super soldier's sidekick, American Girl, who... <laughs> Is a combination of Supergirl and Bucky. Yeah. Um, X Patrol attack. I'm giving it to everyone. This is going out. This is not just a conversation. I'm saying it to everybody. <laughs> will X Patrol attack Doomsday's Doctor Doomsday's castle and unearth his latest devious scheme? They see video monitors showing images of Superman, Batman, oh. Wolverine, Spider-Man, Captain America. Instead of working out the truth. Of the Amalgam Universe, X-Patrol assume and think that Dr. Doomsday is trying to use his technology to split real heroes into twisted, half-powered doppelgangers. <laughs> so that he's trying to split Super Soldier into some weirdos called Superman and Captain America. So uh, that's the wow. first issue of X-Patrol. They all die at the end because it's Doom Patrol. Um, Doom Patrol always die. So at the end of this issue, Doomsday's uh, Doctor Doomsday's castle blows up, and all Doom Patrol. No, they didn't quite die, but they're terribly, terribly injured. Yeah, terribly injured. Uh, next on the list, Challengers of the Fantastic. I think I can guess some of this. Okay, guess half of it. Fantastic Four. Guess the other half. I have no clue. <laughs> yeah, I'm so that. sorry. <laughs> Again, we're 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 now encountering more obscure mm. Silver Age DC things that kind of don't fit. Yeah. Um, uh, Challenges of the Fantastic. Since we talked about Victor Von Doom, mm -hmm. it makes sense. Um, can you take a look at the next image? Holy! For Challenges of the Fantastic, what can you see? Oh God! I see uh, an off-brand Fantastic Four. Uh, Thing has forearms. Uh, yeah. Johnny appears to have a flamethrower. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Fantastic is Dr. Octopus. Yeah. And I don't know what's happening with Sue Storm. She's she just a has gun. a gun. Just has a gun. And they're fighting a giant robotic hand. Yeah. Um, I, I, do I guess th who the hand is? Nah. I don't know. Go on, then. Is it Galactus or Galactaman or whatever they're going to call him? <laughs> Galactopus. <laughs> so, before he 
co-created the Fantastic Four, Jack Kirby created a team for DC Comics called Challenges of the Unknown. Oh, I like the link here. And the Challenges of the Unknown have Mm. long thought to have been... Basically, the FF is long thought to have been Jack Kirby reusing some of those original (laughs) ideas. Because the Challenges of of the Unknown were a team of... There was a scientist leading a team of adventurers... Um, and uh, they fought in DC for many many years. They went up against the the, the Pentagon would send them mm. uh, an unknown problem. Can you help with this? We don't know what's going on. Mad scientists, robots, all that kind of stuff. Dinosaur Island, uh, and the challenge of the unknown would go and tackle it. So what happened is there was a plane crash, and these four guys survived the plane crash. They were all experts in their own field, um, uh, kind of adventurous people, and they all said, it looks like the four of us are the only ones to survive. We're living on borrowed time. Mm. So they banded together. Challenges of the unknown. They had their, um, a, in, their insignia was a, um, uh, uh, what's it? What's a? Question uh, mark. Nope. It's a, um, a clock that uses sand, and I can't think what it's called now. It's an egg timer. An egg. Or, no, or sand. What yeah, I guess so. Hourglass. Hourglass. An egg timer. An hourglass. Egg timer, I'm sorry. Um, so the, an hourglass to show the sands of their lives running out and blah, 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 blah. So this idea was to merge the two long thought to be similar ideas together. So we have Prof Richards, um, <laughs> who is a uh, DC's Professor Haley, Prof Haley, and Marvel's Mr. Fantastic. No superpowers in this in this story. Um, Ace Storm, who is DC's Ace Morgan and Marvel's Sue Storm. Uh, Rocky Grimm, who is DC's Rocky Davis and Marvel's The Thing. He's a, a gruff former boxer turned US senator. Ace Storm is a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Um, and Red Storm, uh, who is DC's Red Ryan and Marvel's The Human Torch. He's a young daredevil, an adventurer affiliated with uh, Project Cadmus. Which is where Prof Haley works, uh, Prof Richards works. Sorry. So yeah, they don't have any superpowers. They didn't. There was no space rocket. Um, well, what about adventure? Grim. So yeah. So during the story, uh, um, uh, during the story, they do battle with Galactiac. <laughs> there it is. DC's, there it is. DC's Brainiac Aha. and Marvel's Galactus, mm. um, and his uh, herald, the Silver Racer. Um, Jack Kirby when he left Marvel and went to DC Comics he'd already invented co-created the Silver Surfer a cosmic Mm. being all in silver on a surfboard flying through space at DC Comics when he's doing the new gods he creates the Black Racer Mm. who is a cosmic being who flies through space all in black instead of a surfboard he has skis (laughs) <laughs> no, no, no! He has no, skis, no, Will. No, that with is the so poles bad. And everything. That with the little poles and everything. That is so bad. It's awful. That is unbelievable. I mean, come on. The Silver Surf is so iconic, and the way he goes through space feels yeah. like. Obviously, that's not the way you should go through space, but it looks no, it is. cool. It is when you feel no resistance and when you can, when you don't have to breathe. And oh, like, yeah. it's the perfect way to go through space. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it, it looks cool. It is it cool. It looks whatever. so cool. And, and he just sorry. went black skis. I, I'm just seeing. I'm just saying. What? 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 Do you need the skis when you're going uphill? Uphill yeah. in space? Yeah, oh, it's one of the most it's a truly awful idea. Um, Jack Kirby. And so they just 
they pull together and get the silver razor in this. It's yeah. kind of lame. Um, yeah. So during the battle, uh, Professor Richards dons the metallic octopus arms of his colleague, Dr. Otto Octavius. Yay! Um, no change he's not there. merged with anyone. <laughs> we, a number of, we ran out of people. There's a number of characters that don't get merged. And when mm. when when you hear about some of the lame stories they tell, it's really annoying. Um, mm. And they uh, uh, Galactiac blasts Rocky Grim and transforms him into a four armed thing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So now they turn thing into basically that guy from Mortal Kombat. There was another DC character called the Four Armed Something or Other. Mm. The Four Armed Menace. The forearmed, yeah. and so he's meant to be the thing and that guy put together. Um, so, when I tell you that we do not get uh, that, I don't think I understand why they combined those two things together. But the challenges of the unknown kind of suck. They're fine for the fifties in the modern era. I don't know why they are occupying space in my amalgam superhero thing. Combine the Fantastic Four with I, I don't know who else, some mutants or something. That would have I, been fun. I like the Jack Kirby uh, link. Yeah, I think that's it, an interesting link. But it's not enough for a, for a whole comic. It's no. not enough. It's just right when I tell you that there's so many awesome characters that don't, we don't get a full JLA comic. They hmm. combined. The Avengers and the Justice League together, and they didn't do that. They did not release that comic. Well, it was just a bit of backstory. Yep. It's so frustrating that we don't, and we get like multiple issues. We're going to go on to some of the rubbish ones now. Uh, you've do got we end, in, we in end your, the podcast now. Because <laughs> no, we do rubbish ones, and then we go back to the heavy hitters. We're going to get okay. Dark Claw and Iron Lantern and Speed Demon and the cool ones, right? Okay. This one. Sounds hilarious. Magneto and the Magnetic Men. Right. So we'll rattle through this. Rattle um, through it. DC Comics has, in the 50s, a comic book series called The the Metal Men, where mm. an inventor called Will Magnus creates... A, he's a robotic genius. He builds a team of like artificial intelligence, super-powered, yet goofy robots called The Metal Men. Mm. And each of them has a power set and a personality... Kind of based on their their metal. Mm. So the tin, steel, iron, platinum, uh, gold, mercury. You know, and like they they were, they've never been terribly important or popular or cool. And yet during this, they go, "Oh, wouldn't it be perfect if Magneto had a bunch of robot people?" <laughs> Where's my Justice League of Avengers comic? <laughs> For God's sake! So. In the Amalgam universe, uh, Magneto's brother is Will Magnus, um, but an evil Will Magnus. Um, Magneto has has mutant powers, but his brother doesn't, so his brother hates all mutants. Magneto builds the Brotherhood of Mutants. His brother builds the Sentinels. I actually quite like that. That the like, do you know what I mean? The brother mm. builds the Sentinels to kill his. Yeah, that's kind of yeah, fun. Yeah. Sentinels kill the Brotherhood of Mutants. Magneto cries, <laughs> then uses his magnetic mastery of a metal to build his own robots. This time, a bunch of goofy goofs, um, a silly gooses, and they fight. That's that. It's it's not. It's not. I don't even. There's not even a bunch of fun 
like Easter eggs in it for me. This, no. I quite like the Magneto uh, Will Magnus thing. That's kind of all right. Um, okay, who's next? Who's next? Ah, this one sounds promising. Amazon. You'd think that, wouldn't you? Um, uh, can you fire open the... There's an image of Amazon there. Yeah, I can see that. Um, what's that? It's pretty simple who that is. That looks like the perfect woman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, that, I, 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 all I have to say is it's it's Wonder Woman crossed with Storm. She looks incredible. Yeah, it's Storm wearing the Wonder Woman costume, but with Storm's black cape as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, this should have been awesome. Mm. Uh, sometimes this character is called Amazon, another time she's called Wonder Woman. It's confusing. That's weird. Commit to it. Basically, um, Aurora Monroe, mm. the mutant, ends up on Paradise Island, Demesquia, and is made sisters to uh, Diana Prince mm. and becomes Wonder Woman instead of Diana Prince oh. because she has got mutant powers. Mm. Um, this should have been lots of fun. Now, unfortunately, this comic was written and drawn by John Byrne, a legendary figure in comics, and he's done some very wonderful, marvellous stuff, X-Men, Alpha Flight, Superman, all of that. But he just did not engage with the only fun part of this series, which is creating cool mashup characters of DC and Marvel. He doesn't do that at all. With any, he has. He was the writer and artist on Wonder Woman in the nineties, the mm. writer and artist, right? And he just, I don't know if he, he just told one. He had one story with only. There's only one character in it, and it's Amazon, mm. and it's all about a flashback to her dad losing a magic vase, which annoys Poseidon, god of the sea. <laughs> there is no fun combinations of anyone. He just. Dad, some guy with a trident at the door. He's asking He'd... about a pot. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, John Byrne, for me, absolutely <laughs> ruins this. It, it should have been a heavy hitter, a major character, and there are no fun combinations at all. Do you know what um, this episode's feeling like? It feels like uh, the longest obscure Marvel we've ever done. <laughs> it feels like Okay, that. okay. Um, oh, this is fun. And, okay, Next one. Yeah, the next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next one, assassins. This is a weird one. I mm. for ages uh, right. So it is Cat's Eye and Dare. Cat's Eye is Electra Kyle, uh, oh. DC's Catwoman and Marvel's Electra merged together, and her partner in crime is Dare the Terminator, aka Slade Murdoch, oh, who is, is DC's Deathstroke the Terminator, yep. and Marvel's Daredevil. How blind is he? Uh, only in one eye. Only one eye. He's blind in one eye. There so, because that's yeah. the the Slade's blind in one Slade. eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they <laughs> and they are assassins, mercenaries, and the criminal underworld fighting their way to get their hands on the big question: who is the Sorry, Riddler the- and the Kingpin merged together? That is incredible. Yeah. That, that, sorry, sorry. I'm imagining the kingpin, but you know, big, bulky. But if he was an incredibly annoying nerd, <laughs> he's got he's got like a question mark on his face for some reason. I don't quite understand it. That's um, incredible. That's so uh, good. not a not a, a, like again. I had to have this instead of 
giant, there's no Justice League Avengers comic. There's this. Uh, it also features Jimmy Urich, an amalgamation of <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Olsen, Olsen and, and Ben Urich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, oh, God. Another ropey one next. Oh, God. I'm still recovering from this. Uh, bullets and bracelets. That Have you any nice. idea what this could be? It sounds like belts and braces, but that's a thing, not a comic book thing. I don't know. Bullets and bracelets, is it Is it anything to do with Luke Cage? No, sadly not. Luke Cage doesn't feature, I don't think, in any of this. Um, so, uh, Storm becomes Wonder Woman. Hmm. So, Diana Prince has nothing to do in this universe. <laughs> um, but there's a period of time in the... Uh, a couple, there's two periods of time, actually, where Diana Prince... Abandons in, in, in DC continuity, she abandons the Wonder Woman costume and mm. becomes Dinah Prince, kind of adventurer, basically. Um, and she loses a lot of her powers and becomes a bit more kind of like, like you know, but, but she's still highly trained. And mm. one of the key things is she's got the unbreakable bracelets, which can she can use to deflect bullets. Mm. So in bullets and bracelets, Dinah Prince uh, is just what is just Dinah Prince. She's not merged with anybody, <clears throat> and she's having adventures with her ex-husband, the Punisher, <laughs> who is the Punisher <laughs> merged with Steve Trevor, which is Wonder Woman's long-time love interest. Right. Okay. And not a guy who has any powers whatsoever or a superhero, and they have this. I don't know, partnership, and they're together. And they're fighting their way to save their baby, who's been stolen by Thanoside, an amalgamation of Thanos and no, Darkseid. No, stop the podcast. <laughs> I, oh. Oh, God. You, you know when you eat ice cream too quickly and you get brain... It feels like I'm getting brain freeze from just taking that in. Thanoside. It's a lame story. Oh, I really did don't. not dig bullets and bracelets. Um, we get in this a combination uh, as I'm we get the, the bronze sad, panther, man. who is DC's <laughs> bronze tiger, who features in uh, Suicide Squad and stuff, and the Black Panther. <laughs> oh boy! Okay, next up, Thorian yeah. of the New Asgods. This is the last ropey one. Um, <sighs> Thorian or Thorian, because it's a combination of Thor and, and hey, did you know that Darkseid had a son called Orion? Uh, yeah. Could, could I could I just interject? Because I'm, I'm I'm reading through obviously some Superman stuff and Darkseid's popped up. Is he a, is he supposed to be an interesting character or not? Is he is he anything? Because he just seems very two dimensional. I, I found him. What you re- what kind of what era you're reading him in? Oh, this is modern era. So Jeff Loeb. Yeah, Jeff Loeb. This would be Jeff Loeb. I mean, is, <laughs> is he on par with, the, with with with? Is he a good supervillain or is he just, you know, it just depends who's writing him. That's fair. Okay, never mind. Uh, I, I, he doesn't have a huge. I don't have. I've never really found Darkseid to have much depth. Yeah, um, the best Dark Side story is Rock of Ages, um, when Grant Morrison writes him in Rock of Ages, and probably Final Crisis, mm. um, because Grant Morrison is the best. He um, really is. So this is combining the uh, the Asgardians with Jack Kirby's Fourth World New Gods. Mm. I don't have time to explain who all the new gods are because they're not nope. important. They're forgotten kind of yeah, characters. And the same with most of the Asgardians. So you get Thorion, 
Uh, and you get Lokdesad, who is an amalgamation of Loki and Desad, and High Father Odin, a combination of the High Father and Odin. And Odin right, yeah. that's it. Those are the ropey ones. There's some others that I'm not even going to talk about, but these are like major characters that should have. We got all of them. And again, no Justice League Avengers. <laughs> Back to okay. the fun ones. Back to the fun ones. Speed Demon. Now look at that next image. It's one, it's, I think, the second best design in all of what we get. Mainly because, oh my god, Ghost Rider is just a cool design when he's driven by someone awesome. This is, um, uh, oh, Loricado, Loricado, an incredible artist. So, Speed Demon is the Flash and Etragon the Demon merged with Ghost Rider. Oh, um, so cool. So, it's this a good is design. Blaze Allen. So, what, what can you, we should describe, what can you, what is the description? It's kind of Ghost it's, Rider. It is very Ghost Rider, but he's, he's got like a red sort of leather top on with uh, red, yellow uh, piping. And he's got like, like, metal knuckles on his yeah. skeleton has but it, it seems like when his skull's like floating out of fire that's coming out of his collar it's like almost like it's bursting out yeah 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 and yeah. he's running not riding a bike oh so he's really f- so yeah Barry Allen flash powers Blaze. yeah Blaze yeah. Allen a stunt rider in a carnival and a uh, in his spare time an amateur mystic he accident after it uh, his motorcycle act that he does his daredevil motorcycle act he accidentally summons the night specter who's a combination of the specter from dc and marvel's nightmare the lord of mm. nightmares and the night specter kind of demands blaze come to work for him collecting souls but blaze kind of escapes the night specter and rides off um uh, Blaze marries the love of his life, Iris Simpson. Um, but a short time after they're married, the Night Spectre appears, drains Iris of her life force, steals her soul, sending Blaze into a deep depression. Um, he starts to obsess over magic. And one day, Blaze is contacted by Merlin. He's managed to get into contact and summon Merlin, who tells Blaze of an ancient demon called Etragan who has long-standing hatred of the Night Spectre. Probably the only demon strong enough to defeat the Night Spectre. Um, mm. And so Blaze summons and merges his soul with Etragon by uh, using the chant, Gone, gone, the form of man, arise mm. the demon Etragon. Etragon the demon, long-standing character in DC Comics. Um, another Jack Kirby creation. Um and he's a rhyming demon, which means uh, it's either hard work or immense fun for yeah. any writer to write him because they have to. He always has to speak in rhyming couplets. Um, Amazing. Etrigan appears to Blaze, and they bond, and uh, he gains this. Um, he's basically got the powers of Ghost Rider and the Flash, um, and uh, off they go to a race to stop the uh the night specter from gaining a certain amount of souls so the speed demon is there to consume to kill evildoers and consume their souls so that the night specter doesn't get them if the night specter gets like nine million nine hundred nine nine souls he becomes kind of all powerful um like we learn game scenario yeah. yeah, we learn that uh, this is not the very first. This is not the first Speed Demon. We learn of Jay <laughs> Garrick, um, who is an amalgam of the original. Remember, we talked about the Ghost Rider, the Wild mm. West Ghost Rider. The, yep, yep, yep. 
who is then becomes called the Phantom Rider actually because they mm. they changed the name. But the original kind of like Wild West Ghost Rider character and DC's Golden Age Flash, uh, Jay Garrick, who wears a uh, uh, like a tin hat, tin hat helmet. Yeah, yeah. The the first Speed Demon um, bound to Etrigan. Mm. Um, but then killed by the Night Spectre when he gets too old. And over the court, sorry, yep. Yeah. I was just about to ask. Yeah, the original Flash, Flash always looked at that tin hat and thought it's the most unaerodynamic thing you can wear. It's awful. It just looks like it's going to come off any moment. Yeah, I think it's inspired by like war hats of the of the of the. Of- Period. Yeah. yeah. Well, they kind yeah. of were weren't in. They kind of around at the time. Yeah. Um, mm. During the course of the story, we meet Wally West, um, a combination of uh, the second Ghost Rider, Danny Ketch, mm. and DC's Wally West. Why he's? I don't know why sometimes these characters keep all of one name. Why isn't he Danny West? Anyway, <laughs> uh, the teenage nephew of Blaze Allen. Um, and uh, he gets uh, caught up and also he gets corrupted by Merlin and gets bonded to another demon and becomes Kid Demon <laughs> instead of Kid Flash. My favourite uh, Mega Drive game. And he uses a flaming motorbike instead of running. So he becomes essentially Ghost Rider. Yeah. Um, it comes full circle. <laughs> in the race against time to consume evil souls, we meet Uatu the Guardian. <laughs> <laughs> who is a yes. combination of yes. Uatu the Watcher mm. and the Guardians of the Universe who mm. empower the Green Lanterns. We meet the Two-Faced Goblin, who is, can you guess? Two-Faced and Goblin. Yeah. Harvey Dent and Norman Osborn together as the Two-Faced Goblin. Very cool. That's like brilliant. Ha- the half of his face, instead of being scarred, it's the Green Goblin face. Um, That's cool. That's actually cool. Silicon Man. <laughs> uh, it was not empowering Pamela Anderson to take over the world. But Silicon Man is an amalgamation of Plastic Man and Sandman. That's uh, cool. Which makes sense. That's really that's actually a brilliant uh, combination. They're yeah. not going Plastic Sandman. They're going no 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 no. Think of yeah. in, in between that I like. Silicon and my favourite of the whole series, mm. the Scarecrow. Can you guess who he's a combination of? Uh, well, it's obviously Scarecrow and the Crow. No, it's the DC Comics Scarecrow and the Marvel Comics Scarecrow. <laughs> There's a Marvel Comics Scarecrow. Yeah, we'll do an obscure Marvel one day. Oh, um, and the writers of this just went, "Hey, that's that's funny because they're both called the Scarecrow. When we merge them together, they'll be the Scarecrow. Um, the Scarecrow, so. but no, they're gonna have like a to the power of two. Scare the squared the Scarecrow, squ- the squared, the squared Crow. crow. Yes, that's what it should have been called. Oh, so that's, they." That yeah. that comic looks awesome. It's packed yeah. with cool Easter eggs. A, a fun a fun time. That do you get that, John Byrne? They put fun characters together, and we had fun. Yeah, Being exactly. A, someone dropped a vase on a cruise. What the hell? Yeah, Anger, angering a god with a fork. Uh, Doctor, I'm Str- oh, not a Doctor Strange. Fate. Uh, what? what you, why did you stop in the middle of that? Is this one of those names where it's like, oh. It's not a fun combination. They just jammed it together. Isn't it? Strange fate. That's kind of fun. Strange like fate a bond. is like it, a saying. It does. And so fa- Doctor Strange fate, and it's, you know, it works it's, well, I think. Sounds like a Bond villain. Um, fire open the next image, and we get oh, to meet yeah. Doctor Fate merged with Doctor Strange. Now, Doctor Fate, uh, was, that, was he in uh, Black Adam? 
He's in one of the movies you refuse to watch, Will, yes. <laughs> I might watch it. I might watch it, but I'm not in a rush. I am not in a rush to watch that film. Um, Doctor Fate is a, a classic, long-serving mystic character in DC Comics, as mm. is Doctor Strange. Um, but Doctor Fate predates him. Um, so Doctor Strange Fate is the most powerful being in the Amalgam universe. And we don't see beneath the mask until the very end uh, but he alludes to the fact that he was one of the most powerful beings in the world before he gained any mystic powers mm. um dr strange fate is the only being that knows the truth about the amalgam universe and its origins uh, in marvel and dc he will do anything to save his world so his story is him trying to find access the guy that can jump between worlds and started all this amalgam stuff before he can work out how to separate the marvel and dc worlds um mm. and he is fully ready to kill access he's not necessarily a good character um he is aided by mix uh, an amalgamation of wong from marvel comics and dc's mr mix x who is the uh, fifth dimension imp that plagues superman Ah, uh, yeah, he's popped up. He's popped up in the comics I've been reading. Oh, he's fun. Because it's like um, trying to pronounce his name, and it's just very odd. Yeah, mixes, mixes Piddlix. Um, and as Doctor Strange uh, in Marvel uses bands of outcasts like the Defenders to help him in his quests, yeah. Doctor Strange Fate has his own outcasts, including the Skulk. Um, <laughs> and uh, a character called Jade Nova who is mm. a female, well, a combination of the Kyle Rayner Green Lantern, um, and in fact does possess a Green Lantern ring, and uh, DC Comics Jade, who is the original Green Lantern's daughter and has green fire powers, and not green fire powers, green mystic and lantern energy powers. I don't mm. have enough time. And Nova... Frankie Ray Nova from Marvel. We when we looked at the second uh Fantastic Four movie, we talked about like there's an obscure one-off character who in the comics becomes Herald of Galactus. Um but in this in the movie she just gets like one line and is never seen again. Mm. Um uh and there's also the White Witch who is a combination of Zatanna from DC Comics and the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Um, that. And at the end of the issue, Doctor Strange Fate removes his powerful helmet to reveal himself to be. Any guesses? Oh, so he's actually someone else? Yeah. Uh, is it. It's not Kang, is it? No. It's Charles Xavier. What? Yeah. Charles Xavier. Mr. X. There's already Mr. X. Mr. X is not Charles Xavier, he's Jean Jean's. Jean Jean's, the alien. Uh, but also, for some reason, they can, like, some characters can be merged multiple times, as we saw with Hawkeye yeah. and Arrow. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Arrow. Uh, so, it's so, peculiar. So, Charles, Charles Xavier's just there, he's just the amalgam's Charles Xavier. Charles, Doctor Strange Fate is, mm. is Doctor Fate, Doctor Strange, and Charles Xavier merged together. Bloody hell. Yeah. Next, oh, I like the sound of this. Bruce Wayne, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, man. Uh, fire open that, that image. Oh, boy. And what do you see? Oh, boy. That's... 
the shield logo has been combined with the Batman logo. Yeah. And I can see the green skull in the background. Yeah. And oh, it's it's basically Nick Fury but Bruce Wayne's head. Yeah. Is that venom in the background? In the in the back There's a green the there's a woman wearing a green body th- Oh no, that is Madame Cat. Um, action espionage thrills Um, so this is Bruce Wayne merged with kind of maybe Nick Fury but also Nick Fury's in this comic yeah Um, okay so Luther's skin turns green and he sets up Hydra um, uh, in the aftermath of the war using ex-Nazis and um, Japanese criminals as well he starts to take over the uh, kind of terrorist cells and um, organized crime around the world using lots of stealth. Um, he also, uh, the Green School, orders his agents to murder his wife, Lois Lane. Mm. Um, and his daughter, Selena Luther, witnesses the murder, realizes her father is responsible but stays silent throughout her life. Uh, Bruce Wayne is a young man whose spy parents are assassinated by members of Hydra before his very eyes. Um, wanting revenge, Bruce Wayne enlists in S.H.I.E.L.D., where he's trained by World War II veterans Nick Fury and Sergeant Rock. Um, Sergeant Rock is a DC war character. Mm. Um, Wayne gets steadily promoted through the ranks... He begins using his vast personal fortune to donate and fund S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, According to Fury, he essentially buys his way into the S.H.I.E.L.D. high command and then takes over S.H.I.E.L.D., transforming it into his own personal army, all directed at the Green Skull. Um, Fury comments in this comic that the number of times Bruce has killed to get to the Green Skull has caused his soul to virtually disappear. Ooh. Um, Bruce Wayne is joined in this personal war by the Black Bat, Barbara Hardy, an amalgamation <laughs> of Batgirl, Barbara Gordon, and yeah. Marvel's Black Cat, uh, Felicia Hardy. Felicia he's Hardy. Also that's, joined, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. He's also joined by Moonwing. Um, an amalgamation of Nightwing and Moon Knight. That's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. <laughs> that is so good. Um, and Bruce has amazing inventions and weapons built by Tony Stark, who is just Tony Stark and no one else. Um, uh, he's a paraplegic that requires a high check te- chair to kind of move him around. And like during Charles this Xavier. issue. Yeah. No, Xavier can walk around. Oh, right, sorry. Like, yeah, yeah, well, Charles, yeah, 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 he's yeah, yeah. not a because he's Charles Xavier. He just can't use his legs. Oh. What's a paraplegic? Oh. It's, 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 you can't use any limbs. And oh, you may even be from the knock, neck down. Oh. Oh, maybe, I mean, yeah. I, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. So, so, so Tony Stark is... Just uh, can't move his hands or his legs. Oh, no. Um, but says that he's... Um, says to Bruce Wayne that he's working on something that hopefully will get him out of this chair one day. Mm. So... Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Iron Man armor. <laughs> How does this relate to the other Tony Stark character we see later on? We don't know. Um, uh, we see in this in this uh, in this issue, 
Bruce Wayne launches an all-out assault on Hydra as they're experiencing a change of leadership. Um, so the Green Skull has been exposed by the Super Soldier. He narrowly escapes imprisonment, only to find his position in Hydra usurped by his own daughter, Madame Cat, uh, an amalgamation of Catwoman and mm-hmm. Madame yeah. Hydra slash Viper. Viper, that was it, um, not Venom, Viper. That was what I was thinking. Ah, uh, right. Sorry, I, yeah... I was um, thinking vipers of venom. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Selena has never forgotten the murder of her mother and has been biding her time. Um, uh, the very first thing she does on the very first page of Bruce Wayne, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. is, like, have her father murdered. So we start with the, re- the Green School dead, even as the, like, the S.H.I.E.L.D. don't know it and they're coming for mm. him, but he's already been killed. Um Selena is joined uh, in her uh, in her in her hydraness by Baron Zero, who is a combination of DC's Mister Freeze, who was originally called Mister Zero Mr. in Z- like, yeah. his first appearance, and Marvel's Baron von Strucker. Um, That's good. N- Nuke, who is a combination of Marvel's Nuke Frank Simpson, um, mm. who uh, takes these. Um, strength and kind of enhancing pills and becomes like this awful Vietnam version of Captain America and Captain America uh, and Daredevil as a combination Nuke and Bane uh, um, so uh, he has uh, he has the uh, venom pumped into him and all that mm. kind of stuff uh, we also learn that at one point Wayne not in this comic another one that Wayne had his back broken in a fight with the Banisher an amalgamation of Bane and the Punisher. I, I think there's a bit of a confusion between the two different comics. I wanted to use that idea of Bane. Yeah. There we go. The Banisher um, do, is actually does sound like a good name. That's very very clever. And one of uh, a ghost from Wayne's past comes back to haunt him as we meet Deathlock, an amalgamation of DC's Jason Todd, who they all thought mm. had been killed, um, f- along with. Um, the Moon Knight sidekick Midnight, who also meets a horrific end and becomes a cyborg type creature, and I guess a bit of Deathlock, the actual cyborg. Um, the issue ends with the Hydra base exploding, uh, all of Hydra and Shield being killed, while the Green Skill, the Green Skull, who we thought was dead, looks on with glee, having removed all his opponents in one strike. Amazing. It reminds me of uh, the last uh, Arkham Batman game, the uh, Arkham Knight. If you haven't played it, you know, spoiler alert, don't listen to the next 10 seconds. <laughs> uh, turns out to be Jason Todd. Ah, and it, it, was, it was a nice little thing. Yeah, very nice. Um, cool. Let's get to the next one. Oh, boy. Spider Boy. Fire up in that image and describe it. It's Robin if it was Spider-Man, isn't it? Oh, okay. That's what I'm getting because I see Robin's head. Looks like Robin's face. Oh, I see. And uh, he, he he's wearing all black. He's got a leather jacket, but he's shooting spider webs out of a gun. It's his web shooter. Yes, there we go. <laughs> In the and background, it seems to be some kind of awful white demon. And there's a big green tail hitting him. Okay. Yes, that's a lizard, isn't it? So this is Spider-Man and Superboy merged together. Superboy, okay. Yeah. Um, the 90s Superboy wore, uh, had that hairstyle, 
had an earring uh, um, and wore like a Superman top, but a leather jacket over the top and I sneakers. Think I've seen that. He was yeah. very nineties and very cool. Um, so Spider Boy, the story of Peter Parker works at Project Cadmus, where the challenges of the uh, Fantastic do as well, trying mm. to create a clone of Super Soldier, a clone that would be able to control his own gravity and hopefully fly. A terrible lab accident causes a big explosion, which kills Peter Parker stone dead. But from the wreckage of the explosion emerges a young clone of Peter Parker, who'd been infused with some of Super Soldier's DNA, possessing limited gravity powers. Not the ability to fly, but the ability to walk up walls and cling to the ceiling, which he immediately does. The child... Um, pulls on the uh, the heartstrings of the head of the project, General Thunderbolt Ross, who adopts the young boy and names him Pete Ross. Mm. Some backstory. The new Superboy of the 90s, who comes about in the reign of Superman after Superman's dead, is a clone, a teenage clone of Superman. Right. Um, at this point in the 90s, Spider-Man is Ben Riley, who... Is a clone of Spider-Man. Ah, uh, yes, I see at, how it's all tying in. At yeah, this yeah. point, at this point in Marvel continuity, he's meant to be the real Peter Parker, but yeah. eventually, it, it has been a clone. Mm. Um, in Marvel Comics, Ben Riley chooses his name and names himself after two of the most important people in his life: Uncle Ben's first name, mm-hmm. Aunt May's maiden name, Ben and Riley. Yeah. Here, Spider Boy does the same thing. He's named after Pete, Peter Parker, Mm -hmm. General Thunderbolt Ross, becomes Pete Ross. Pete Ross is the name of Superman's childhood best friend from Smallville, who features in all of Superboy's adventures as a kid. Oh, the the tying of the... Oh, everything tied together. That's like 3D chess. And what do you think Peter, young Pete Ross, calls his, his, uh, his father figure... General Thunderbolt Ross. Um, oh, I can't think. Uncle Jen. Uncle Jen for General. Uncle Jen. Not Uncle Ben. Uncle Jen. Oh, God, that's <laughs> weird. <laughs> but it works perfectly. So it's. Oh, God. It, it, oh. So Pete and his Uncle Jen are a happy family for many years as Mm. Peter Parker grows into teenage years until Uncle Jen is killed by a mugger. (laughs) Um, Spider-Boy, Pete Rosk, is like, I had powers. Like, if the mugger had had tried to come for me, I could have used my powers to stop him. But he feels he was just dismissed as being a little boy in that moment. And that's why the mugger targeted Uncle Jen. So I'm going to keep saying the name until it works. And so Pete Ross swears from then on he will face danger. He will make himself the centre of everyone's attention. So no one focuses on anyone but Spider-Boy. <laughs> and he's got the powers to deal with the problem. That's the whole thing with Spider-Boy is that he's like... We talked about how Peter Parker very early on wants fame in Marvel mm. Universe. He wants fame and attention. Well, S- uh, Superboy is a lot like that in the 90s. So those two things come together, and Spider-Boy is all about being famous and getting attention. Um, inspired by his spider-like ability to walk on walls, he fashions a costume with a big spider emblem, names himself Spider-Boy. 
gives his services to Project Cadmus, where they build a pistol that fires synthetic webbing, a web shooter. Um, <laughs> as a Cadmus agent, he's assigned to battle genetic monstrosities and aliens, um, becomes a major celebrity in the process. He has uh, merchandise, he has action figures, there's a cartoon based on his adventures, he's on TV all the time. But as Pete Ross... He's a photo- photographer for the sleazy tabloid, <laughs> the Daily Bugle, uh, aside to get paparazzi shots of Spider-Boy with whatever um, attractive superheroine Spider-Boy is with uh, this week. We see Spider-Boy battling King Lizard, uh, an amalgamation of DC's King, King Shark, Shark. Yep. and uh, Marvel's The Lizard. The white, the white character in the background is Bizarnage. An amalgamation of Bizarro and, <laughs> and Marvel's Carnage. Um, oh, wonderful. There's wonderful. also mention, or I don't think he fit, but there's mention of Mistallo, uh, DC's Metallo and Marvel's Mysterio. Um, <laughs> and the, the issue ends with Spider-Boy getting ready for his date with, uh, and we see her in full close-up, Mary Jane the Insect Queen. An amalgamation of Mary Jane Watson and... One specific issue of Superboy where Lana Lang briefly gets weird powers and becomes the insect queen. Um, <laughs> so deep pulls being used in that one. Yeah, that's the don't, 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 don't do your backing. Uh, just the last two now. Iron Lantern. It's been mentioned before already a few times. Iron Lantern. Fire open that image, baby. Bloody hell. Yeah, that's exactly how I'd imagine it. To Iron Man and Green Lantern. What are you seeing? I'm seeing a green Iron Man with the art with the iron with the with the uh, Green Lantern's uh, logo in his chest. Uh, the face is surrounding him. Uh, I don't know what the top left one is. He's got a very square haircut. <clears throat> bottom don't, right, don't, see- he doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Bottom right, some kind of robot lady. Uh, right. <laughs> okay. Bottom left, uh, blank green face. Top right. Is that Modoc? <laughs> that is Hector. <laughs> Hector. <laughs> okay, we'll get to who he is in a minute. He's this is fun. Gonna be good. Um, so, Hal Stark, the aerotech <laughs> genius combination of Hal Jordan and Tony Stark. Not the related aer- to the Tony Stark that exists within this universe. Apparently, no mention of him. Yeah, um, Hal Stark, aerotech genius and founder of Stark Aircraft. One day, he's working on a stationary flight simulator. When the device suddenly is ripped off the ground and begins to actually fly for real, flying him, and this is how this is the one of the Hal Jordan origin stories. Yeah, it flies him to a crashed alien spacecraft, mm. but the flight simulator crash lands on the way, and the landing badly injures Hal Stark with shards of metal sticking into his chest. He is dying. He crawls the alien spacecraft where he meets uh, Roman Sir, a combination, a dying alien, a combination of Abin Sir from DC Comics, who gives Hal Jordan mm. his, green, his uh, green Lantern powers, and uh, Roman Day from the Marvel Comics Nova Corps. Mm. Um, but the alien dies before explaining anything to do with what's going on. <laughs> Passes on no knowledge whatsoever. So Hal Stark, with his last efforts, designs a suit of armor out of the alien technology, powered by a battery he finds in the wreckage, a battery in the shape 
of a green lantern. Mm. The suit of armor not only allows him to survive, but gives him incredible powers, allowing him to create any object he pleases out of a <laughs> green energy emanating from the lantern. Tony Stark, uh, Hal Stark, sorry, uses his new powers to battle the aliens that had shot down uh, Romancer's spacecraft. Taking the name, the Iron Lantern, Stark becomes a superhero, fighting all manner of alien threats, um, eventually finding out that the Lantern's battery, keeping him alive and giving him power, is powered by Oa, the Living Planet. A combination of Oa, which is the homeworld of the Guardians of the Galaxy and the Green Lanterns, and Mm -hmm. Ego, the Living Planet from Marvel. The Iron Lantern has fought many foes, strap in, chief amongst them, (laughs) <laughs> Mandarinistro <laughs> Get out A combination of the Mandarin And Sinistro Mandarinistro <laughs> <laughs> Fear me for I am the Mandarinistro That sounds like some kind of soup Can I have some Mandarinistroni soup please And there is uh, That character you saw top right is one of his other chief villains, a combination of Modok yes. from Marvel. And yes. we all know Modok. What does Modok stand for, Will? Uh, mechanized organism no. designed only. Mental organism. Because he's got uh, psychic powers designed oh. only for killing. Yeah. Uh, and the DC uh, Green Lantern villa, villain, Hector Hammond, who, who um, gains powers and has this giant head and psychic abilities. Mm. So this is a character called Hector. Highly evolved oh! creature, <laughs> totally orientated for revenge. That is incredible. That is that is the best thing of this podcast. That is so good. Ah, and the uh, strange uh, alien woman on the front cover is Pepper Ferris, um, <laughs> an amalgamation of Pepper Potts and Carol Ferris. Carol Ferris is Hal Jordan's love interest in DC Pe- Comics. Pepper Ferris sounds like some like <laughs> breed of rodent. Oh, that's I got I got I got a cage with a Pepper Ferris in a Pepper Ferris mouse. <laughs> Through the manipulations of the Mandarinistro, <laughs> Pepper Ferris is transformed by powerful alien gemstones into the evil Madame Sapphire, combination of Madame Mask, who is one of Iron Man's villains, and Star Sapphire, one of Green Lantern's villains. So she's like four characters in one. Jeez. Hal Stark is joined in his battles by Stuart Rhodes, an amalgamation <laughs> of DC's John Stewart and Marvel's Jim Rhodes, um, who could also pilot the Iron Lantern armor. And the the green that like the green face is the Green Guardsman, um, Kyle okay. O'Brien, an amalgamation of DC's Green Lantern, the '90s Kyle Rayner Green Lantern, and mm. Marvel's The Guardsman, a very obscure. Uh, character who's like a prison officer that works at the vaults and has a green set of armor admittedly and is called the guardsman so kyle o'brien is chosen to replace hal stark as the iron lantern he becomes the green guardsman but then when stark returns and takes the role from him he's left craving power and uh, becomes a bit of a bad guy aligning with mandarinistro before eventually realizing the error of his ways and helping to save tony uh, hal stark's life Right. It brings us on to our final one. The uh, best one. The best of easily the best one. Rob, can you please tell us about Dark Claw? 
Fire open the second to last image. Oh, um, my Lord. Zoom in a little bit because it's not a great picture because there aren't great renders of it around. Gorgeous Jim Ballant artwork. Um, Legends of the Dark Claw. This is Batman and Wolverine merged together. God, that's incredible. What do you see? I see Batman, but with more jaggedness and obviously claws growing out of his fists. There's a more jagged... But with the helmet, you've got... It's like Wolverine's uh, old mask, but the the what would you call the black bits that go up on the, on the mask? <clears throat> I don't know black bits. Yeah, I don't know what to call them. The black the, the black bits are like bat wings. It's insane. They, they, it's they've, an insane so design. What, yeah, what they've done is the uh, yeah the, the uh, Wolverine's kind of classic animated cartoon look, the nineties look, the yellow and. Um, kind of blue or blacky blue is incorporated mm. into the Batman costume. Yeah. Um, lots more jagged, spiky edges. Mm. But they've also created like a feral bat mask which has yeah. got fangs on the front as well. Yeah. So it looks like a close-up of an actual bat. Yeah. The claws have got more serrated edges to them. Oof, they look nasty. They and look really um, nasty. He is uh, stood on uh, on a gargoyle as he should be. Um, mm. Are you ready for this one? Okay. At the age of five, the witnessing his parents' murder at the hands of an armed robber, Logan Wayne, no relation to Bruce Wayne, apparently, yeah. is uh, sent to live uh, with his uncle in Alberta, Canada. And then his uncle is also murdered. <laughs> He witnesses the murder of his uncle, uh, ambushed and killed by poachers. Um, his uncle was part of the Mounties, and uh, uh, long, young Logan Wayne, when he's old enough, wants to join the Royal Canadian Air Force, not the Mounties, mm. and lands in the same outfit as Creed Harley Quinn, a combination of <laughs> Joker and Sabretooth. Um, Amazing. Logan and Creed are submitted to Canada's Weapon X program, the military. Um, and it's here that uh, it's found out that Logan has a meta mutant ability of healing factor. Uh, adamantium is bonded to his bones, and the same for Creed. Uh, but the uh, the project is deemed to be Weapon X deemed to be an absolute failure because Creed goes completely insane and is unmanageable, becomes a deranged maniac, and starts laughing. He's he's twisted. Yeah. He gains the um, the white features, the green hair, the red lips, um, but also becomes uh, has this kind of like mane of of green hair as well, and mm, calls like starts starts laughing uncontrollably and calling himself the hyena. Um, he's not a good soldier, and uh, Logan. I Wayne, like what they did there. I love what they did. They picked the the feral animal that laughs. Oh, that is true. No, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't. Oh. He's not a good soldier. He's kicked out the program. Oh, no, but but who's called him hyena? He calls himself the hyena. No, well, sorry, I meant they as in the the person writing the comment. Oh, right. Sorry, I got sorry. I meant whoever picked that. That's just perfect. That is so good. Yeah, from Sabretooth to the hyena. That's so um, good. So Creed has kicked out the project, and so is Logan Wayne. Logan Wayne is an ineffective weapon because he possesses a conscience. Um, 
And so uh, Weapon X is shut down, and apparently they just let the two super-powered, super-powered monstrosities go walking around. Um, <laughs> so Logan Wayne decides to fight crime to avenge his parents' death. He travels the world, does the Batman routine, learns every martial art and criminology and forensics and manhunting and all of that, learns from the ninjas of the clan Yoshida in Japan. Mm. Yep, uh, yep, because yep. some of that, some of that Wolverine stuff there, and then he returns to his family estate in New Gotham, um, <laughs> and takes on the costume identity of Dark Claw. Beneath the Wayne estate, he builds the Barrow, his crime-fighting headquarters. Arms himself with the Clawmobile and the Clawcopter. Um, creates a public identity for himself as an eccentric modern artist, a painter whose artwork features feral slashes on the canvas. Um, uh, after a few years as a crime fighter, Darkclaw encounters Jubilation Lee, a young mm. metamutant whose parents were killed by sentinels. To avoid the orphanage, Jubilee is living in a mall in New Gotham. Uh, that's Jubilee's backstory, FYI. She's a mall yeah. rat. She lives in a, in a That in a was her actual backstory in, in the Marvel comics, yeah. In Australia. Um, mm. Uh, but the mall is transformed into a trap designed to kill Darklaw. Uh, Jubilee uses her mutant firework powers to save Logan's life, nurses him back to health. Feeling a kinship towards the young girl, Logan legally adopts her, and she becomes the Sparrow, <laughs> joining him on his crime-fighting missions. And it's basically just Jubilee wearing a Robin costume. That's all yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, Seeing Darklaw using his distinctive claws in action, the hyena realises that Darklaw must be Logan Wayne. The hyena blames Wayne for his own uncontrollable madness and sets about trying to destroy him, building a, uh, a team around him of, of renowned terrorists and psychopaths called the Pack. Um, Dark Horse, uh, Darklaw's secret identity is later discovered by the Huntress, Carol Danvers, uh, an amalgamation of the Huntress and Carol Danvers, um, <laughs> who ends up working with uh, Darkclaw, and there's some romantic tension between them as well. Um, so that's Darkclaw. And then take a look at the last image I've sent you. In the second batch of Amalgam Comics, they do Darkclaw Adventures, pretending oh, to be a comic yes. book based on the popular Dark Claw the Animated Series TV show. And <laughs> it's drawn very much in the style of Batman the Animated Series. This this looks like a fan did it. It's that kind of... Yeah, it it, it, it is Dark Claw, but it's Batman the Animated Series cover. He's got the square jaw and everything. And during the Love 90s, it. there was a very popular line of Batman animated series comic books. So an yeah. awful lot of times what a, a comic book publisher will do is... Like the X-Men comics won't tie in to the X-Men cartoon because mm. the continuities are all completely different. Um, so, and and to be fair, the, the comic books tend to be pitched for a slightly older teen, young adult mm. reader. So what they'll do is they'll create a new comic book that is pitched for a slightly younger audience and is based off the continuity and sometimes the art style of the cartoon. So the Batman animated series... Um, comic book um was very very popular in the 90s and led to all sorts of cool tie-in merchandise mm. and things like that um so they just replicated it with the with the second batch of amalgam comics which i thought was glorious and wonderful that's, that's really good uh in this comic we meet lady talia 
uh, a combination of Lady Deathstrike, Wolverine's foe, and <laughs> Talia Al Ghul. Oh, fantastic. We'll meet Talia Al Ghul's, uh, sorry, Lady Talia's father, Race A Apocalypse. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> a combination of Race A Ghoul oh, yes. and Apocalypse. <laughs> Yes. Um, we meet yes. Cyber Croc, uh, DC's Killer Croc mixed with Marvel's mm. Cyber, the Blood Crow, who is mm. sounds horrifying. Uh, a combination of Marvel's Blood Scream and DC's Scarecrow, Spiral mm. Harley, nil poir for that one. Yeah. Uh, Harley Quinn and Spiral merge together, and um, the Omega Beast, which sounds okay, but I love this combination. DC's KG Beast. All time great. I mean, not very highly used, but I love the KG Beast. That's a 90s. great name. That's uh, like the and, US agent. Yeah. Uh, combined with Marvel's Omega Red. Um, yeah, excellent. There's a cool, there's a fun little story. The artist, glorious, wonderful artist Jim Ballant, who was drawing. Um, uh, Legend of the Dark Knight at the time, I think. Um, Jim Ballant is the artist on the on the, on the first um, Dark Claw comic. Who mm. gorgeous artwork, um, and he received a call from a trading card company. Now, Amalgam Comics was top secret. No one knew about it. So Jim Ballant receives a call from a trading card company who want him to illustrate illustrate a new character called Dark Claw for one of their card sets. And um, Jim, Jim Ballant says, that's great, I'd love to. I've never heard of this character, though. Have you got a reference to send me? And they said, no, the character hasn't been designed yet. And Jim Ballant said, right, well, okay, I mean, I'll take the job, but I can't do anything until I get until the character's been designed. Um, but once he's designed, I'll, I'll do it. Um, and then he gets uh, a call from DC offices uh, saying, uh, hey, we want you to work on something top, top, top secret. And he says, I'll, I'll try, but I'm drawing Catwoman at the moment, and I've got this trading card work. And DC Comics like, we'll fit it in, we'll fit it in, don't worry. So weeks go by, and he's got like, no reference point for Dark Claw for this trading card company. He calls the company and he's like, "Hey man, I, I can't do this job. This this whatever goddamn artist is is designing Dark Claw. They haven't sent me anything. I've got nothing to design Dark Claw. I can't draw it from it yet." And they're like, "Well, sorry, we're sorry. The character hasn't been designed yet." And, he, and Jim Ballant is thinking, "Like, why is it taking this goddamn artist so long to design this character?" Um, and then he finds out. That the secret assignment he's on is Dark Claw. He no! is the artist he's annoyed no! at because he has yet to design Dark Claw for him to draw Dark Claw. No. Um, a, a lovely little bit of fun. There's a, an amazing. It's when trading cards were all the rage in superhero mm. stuff. And then I don't know if it was Marvel's one tops. They released a, a trading card collection of all the amalgam characters. And. The backs of the cards would tell you what was happening in the in the events being depicted, and they depicted stories and and things that did not happen in the, any of the comics that we had read. So they were world building with the with the card set. We actually saw a clip, a, a scene from um, the what was it, the uh, Secrets Crisis of Infinite Hour, Inf- it's, um, yeah. where Thanos side puts together the Infinity Links. To destroy the world and everything. So they were doing world building in the card set mm. as well. A very, very cool uh, experiment and series of one-off things. Will, what have you thought about the uh, the amalgam event? I I have to say, I, I, I didn't really have any expectations. I thought it would be a bit of silly fun. And it is. It, 
it, but it's 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 actually exceeded that. It's been tremendous. Yeah, it's like staring into an alternate universe and really digging into it. It's yeah. just so good. I mean, obviously there was some bad stuff in there that made me just wonder why we should even bother. <laughs> But there's there was so much good, so much th- good. Th- there's, there's a bunch of stuff I didn't talk about. Um, uh, Man-Thing gets combined with Man-Bat. Uh, it sadly doesn't become Man-Man, becomes Bat-Thing. Um, I, I, I was about to say, because like, the Swamp Thing and Man-Thing writer, the creator of the same guy, aren't they? I thought that would be an interesting link. but I think the Swamp Thing is Vertigo. They, they left him out. Uh, um, but then just bizarre sense. choices. Like They took a whole bunch of the obscure teen X-Men characters from Generation X and combined them with a whole bunch of obscure DC Wild West characters. <laughs> it's kind That's of weird. fun, but where's my Justice League Avengers comic? <laughs> You're never going to get over that, are you? You're really it, angry. They had... They they made twenty four comics and never gave us any of that. It was mad. Why am I getting? Why isn't there a Captain Marvel comic? That would have been amazing. Like, uh, just infuriating. But there we go. What would be your favourite? Who do you think is your favourite of the batch of amalgam characters? Oh, that's a very difficult. You can question. pick two. I can pick two. Um, it might have to be. Ugh. I like Bruce Wayne, Agent of Shield. Yeah, that's really good. Maybe Dark Claw as well, because I'm a bat. You know me. I'm, I love Batman. That's so. why I save him to the end, buddy. Um, yeah. And I will say because these are not Marvel characters, Will, mm-hmm. you may read Amalgam Comics. <laughs> oh boy! Now we've covered it. They're not Marvel. You're allowed to read them. Okay, um, that's good. Next month. Oh, the first anniversary might be over next month, but we are just heating up because as Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 hits theatres, me and Will are going to take a deep dive into one of the biggest cosmic battles in the history of Marvel. The Guardians of the Galaxy are deep in the middle of the War of Kings, a battle between the Kree Empire and the Shi'ar Empire that involves the Guardians, the X-Men, the Inhumans, and so much more. Plus, we'll uncover a deep, dark secret about Charles Xavier, Cyclops, and the X-Men that has horrifying Resolution, resolutions, uh, effects, knock-on effects. <laughs> um, it is just a, a really great crossover series. It's a really great cosmic event. Um, it's massive. You don't want to miss May on Patreon. Happy anniversary! Marvel vs. Marvel was researched, written, and performed by Rob Holden and Will Preston. The show is produced by Will Preston, and our theme song was composed and performed by Dan Walsh. Head to patreon.com slash marvel versus marvel for awesome bonus content. <laughs>